It's time for Windows Weekly. Paul Thorat and Mary Jo Foley are here with our penultimate show of 2019. We're going to talk about the end of Windows 7. Hell, freezing over. We've got Microsoft Windows 10. We've got Xbox. We've got mobile. We've got web. We've even got a little hardware. It's all coming up next on Windows Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Therat and Mary Jo Foley. Episode 651, recorded Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. Frampton's still alive. Windows Weekly is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy with one click. It's that easy. For three extra months free with a one-year package, go to expressvpn.com slash windows. And by Captera. Find the right tools to make an informed software decision for your business. Visit Captera's free website at captera.com slash windows. And by Ring Central. With Ring Central, you'll get everything you need in one place for your business communication needs. With all-in-one cloud phone, video conferencing, and team messaging, staying connected has never been easier. Save with their holiday bundle offer and don't pay until 2020 when you go to ringcentral.com slash windows. It's time for Windows Weekly. Yes, the uh, the show that talks all about what's going on at Microsoft. Mary Jo Foley from ZDNet is here all about Microsoft.com. Paul Therat from Therat.com. And uh, together, I think they make an amazing team. We really liked having Mary Jo out here last week. We recorded uh, in advance the Twit Holiday Special, which will uh, be on... Uh, air for the, the twit right before Christmas, which is December 22nd. And Mary Jo and uh, Stacy Higginbotham and Micah Sargent and I, believe it or not, <laughs> we reviewed the entire decade, Paul. Yeah. And and about two hours in... <laughs> I, we found it lacking. When... <laughs> yeah. No, actually, the no. first half was pretty amazing, but it took us a yeah. long... The, we, we were still on 2010 an hour in, and we... We, we re- were. Yeah. We realized yeah. there was going to be a little bit of a time crunch at the end. <laughs> right. So we kind of skipped over the last few years. Hey, you were there. Got to have a bathroom them. break built in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was a long show. It went on for a bit, but, but it was interesting Mary to Joe's see not. all the things you forgot. Yeah. Right. So many uh, things Microsoft announced. In like the, Windows uh, Phone 7.8. We, talked about, se- we talked about Windows yes. Phone. We talked about Nokia, the Nokia acquisition. We talked mm-hmm. about Steve Ballmer retiring, Satya Nadella coming, and all of this happened in this decade. Windows 8. Windows 8, 8.1, Windows 10. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think it started with Windows 7, didn't it? Ten years ago, yeah, what, uh, yeah, two thousand nine, right? Was it yeah. the release of yeah. Windows Seven? Yeah, and here we are, uh, coming up at the end of the line. Yep. So this tells me that operating system years are about what eight, nine, <laughs> ten. Well, you know what though, if you were to look at the previous decade to that, I think what you would have found is that Microsoft was a much much bigger part of the general consciousness. Whereas for this past decade, I mean, it was big news in our world. But I mean, I the, the last ten years to me were the rise of mobile, the rise of cloud, yes, um, yeah. and Without the decline of Microsoft in many ways from those you know from its traditional position. My hair is a horror show. Why, why can, is there a version of this where I don't have to see myself? Um, 
I guess I could just show Mary Jo and then you could get a hat. Get a hat, ma'am. Where's your Christmas hat? I like your hair. Now come knock it off. His hair looks great. I think it looks good. I think there's many a guy would kill for that. Uh, Here I can ship it to them. Maybe that will be my Christmas present this year. (laughs) Get a bag of hair. It'll be like oh Henry, and then they'll send you a comb. It'll be great. (laughs) It'll be a it'll it'll be a beautiful thing. So. it's the end of the line, right? When, uh, for Windows yep. Seven, uh, this is Microsoft's. How are they going to? How is this going to? How are they going to announce this? How's this going to? How are people going to learn about this? <laughs> yeah, I think they've been doing a good job of that for the past couple of years. The date yeah, is I like so. Im- burned into my brain: January fourteenth, twenty twenty, the last of the free security updates for Windows Seven. Hmm. And, and they really okay. haven't wavered on this one, like they did they with have XP, not. right? I think that right. kind of steady messaging really helps. Um, yeah, and I, I, people are always asking me, do we think this is going to be as big of a deal as when XP went out? And I, I, even though it's a bigger system in many ways, I don't think it's going to be as uh, horrible. You know, you don't. No, I know you're looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I think we're still at a point. I believe the last number I saw was like 40 percent of machines are still running Windows Seven. Yeah. at this yeah. point, and so we're we're. Uh, less or just about, yeah, we're just about one month away from the end of security updates for it. Right. And, you know, some people are buying extended security updates, well, which are the paid updates. But here, here's my but theory. Many, yeah, the I want to hear your theory. And the, the reason is, is related to the thing we just talked about, which is the, the difference between the past decade and then the one before it as yeah. far as personal computing. You know, when mm-hmm. Windows XP was going out, uh, PCs were still... a a humongous thing, you know, yeah. and we're still a very central part of everyone's lives when it comes to personal computing. I, I think the big difference this time is that there's going to be a big chunk of people who will eventually retire that Windows 7 PC mm-hmm. and they don't get anything to replace it. They won't have to because yeah. they already have a phone or an iPad right. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the rest of it will be split between some, con- you know, whatever percentages of people who go and get a Chromebook or another one, you know, Windows 10 PC maybe. Yeah. Um, or a Mac or whatever, you know, um, but yeah. it's not going to be this explosion of upgrading, at least not on the consumer side. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't um, No, I don't think it'll be an explosion of upgrading either. And I don't even think yeah. Microsoft thinks that. Right. Like they right. they said on their last earnings call, we expect some um, push from the Windows 7 to 10 thing in terms of our next quarter. But they weren't really overplaying it. They were just saying, yeah, they'll yeah, because you know, they'll be what upgraders. they've seen is. I think they've seen it each quarter. A little, yeah. it's more dribs and drabs, bit. you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I think that that's the thing. I mean, you know, with XP, those hundreds of millions of people had to go somewhere, you know. Right. And I feel like these hundreds of millions of people, because there are still hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a big crowd, right? I don't think yeah. they have to go anywhere. A lot of them. I think a lot of them have mm-hmm. other. Th- you know, they that Windows Seven computer that they have is something. They don't really use that much in many yeah. cases, you know. Right. Not in all cases, mm-hmm. obviously. But I mean, no, I, agree. I, I think yeah. that's the big change. Right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens this holiday season for people who, yeah. like what I'm doing for my mom, you know, upgrading my mom yeah. from 7 to 10. We're going to add yeah. one to that number of people running uh, Windows 10. Oh, we add one to the number. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Or actually, we're going to add two because I'm also going to be getting rid of my That's Windows right. 7 PC. Because oh. the computer you're using right now is, is running Windows, Windows 7. 7, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, you see Aeroglass every week. 
I do. Mary Jo, you got to open your window. There's a whole world out there. Everything has changed. Say something something reassuring, though. I mean, uh, Windows 10 is very nice, right? (laughs) You're doomed. You're all doomed. (laughs) I, I was trying to think about what would I say to my mom trying to get her to say, okay, I'm ready to use Windows 10. Like I'd say, mom, you know what's in Windows 10 that you don't have in Windows 7? And I was trying to think of a short list of things to tell her. Yes, what is the list, please? (laughs) Is there anything? Is there something? Um, The people button. No, you know what I was going to say? I was going to say, I think she's really going to like unified search if she can figure it out. Because if you you look at how that works now, you can actually... Mm -hmm pick where you want your machine to search. Like if you wanted to search emails or if you wanted to search things on your PC, that might be, that might appeal to her, that idea. No. I, I, <laughs> I just tried it. No. I said Windows it search might. and I tried to search shortcut key on my computer and it blew up full screen and was white. Okay, um, so no. maybe not. Which is, a, which is a bug in 28 one I think. But anyway. Oh, um, not well, yeah, 28 one No, she'll be, she'll be on, you know, probably 1903. Three, seven doesn't, doesn't have that big tiled start menu, right? So that's the right. it doesn't. That's the problem. Is Actually, the first thing people are going to see is that. And you know, I just delete all the time the tiles. Right, and you it looks can like do seven. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do, it it and is I interesting, and your mother will never notice this, but I mean, the thing that's kind of come and kind of gone since Windows Seven is what yeah. Leah was describing this notion of live tiles and mobile yeah. apps and app stores yeah. and yeah, yes, it's obviously still there, but I mean. We've kind of come full circle on that in a way. I mean, right. um, well, here's it's really kind of not the future anymore. Here's a selling point, though, because your mom yeah. almost certainly, and anybody going to Windows 10 almost certainly is using a smartphone. You can, no. this, this, the Windows App Store is a selling point. <clears throat> oh, oh, you'll like this. There's an App Store yeah. where all your apps are. You don't have to go searching on the net, and they're all safe and tested. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. Might but, like yeah, that. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Is uh, Mary Jo's mother going to be browsing for apps? I mean, I don't know her, but it, <laughs> my I, mom it does seems not have unlikely. a smartphone. Oh, she does. My mom does oh, not have a smartphone. And this is a we're we're a family of luddites, guys. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. be clear. <laughs> it, but but most people will, and I think that that honestly that uh, you the problem is we don't think that's an asset, but for yeah, them exactly. they'll say, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That'll that'll make it easy for me to look for. I mean, stuff. look, it, it is going to run all the apps you were running. Before, yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. right? For most people, right. I think that's true. And then, yeah. obviously, there are going to be a few exceptions. It's going to be supported for a long time, which is great. This will probably be the last time she has to worry about this kind of thing, I guess. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. Meaning that Windows, not that she's going to die sometimes. I knew <laughs> Because Windows 10 is going to be like, okay, don't Mom, follow. this is the last <laughs> computer you'll <laughs> ever buy, Mom. Sometimes, yeah, you know. It's your last computer. Sometimes you computer. hear it come out of your mouth and you realize it wasn't communicated <laughs> And then you're like, the and that's not what I meant. Uh, well, I <laughs> it's really old, Mary Jo, I'm just saying. She is no, pretty um, old, but, you know, she's she's going to outlive all of us. She's not getting any younger. I just, no. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I and I suppose uh, it would be, I mean, I don't know what she's like. So I, I, I doubt she's going to be experimenting with apps and things. But, no, you know, who knows? Probably. I mean, she might be a candidate for like the mail app in Windows 10, like she might actually really like yeah, that and that like that. serve her needs, you know, and that's, yep. uh, and that's fine. Yeah. And that's, I think so that's good. mostly for people like your mom, and I think anybody still on Windows 7, that's, this is probably all of them. The best thing you can do is make it look exactly like Windows 7. Yeah. Just say, it's when, no, 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 it's just Windows 7, but they've, but they've worked behind the scenes to fix a lot of stuff and make it more secure. Mm-hmm. And just say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It, I mean, but you're going to have to do some stuff to configure it so that it yeah. looks like yeah. Windows 7. But it, since it will look just like Windows 7, I mean, you got this stupid notification center and stuff like that. But 
Oh. That's not a selling point for people like her. No, it's a. I want to make her. Uh, I want to put her on cridge. Um, yeah, because I think yeah. she'll like it. Yep. Uh, well, that should work fine. Yeah. My mom, the beta tester. For a lot yep. of these people, any change is negative. Yeah, so you're going to need to rename Edge Internet Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> right. She or, just calls it the E, so that kind of works. Yeah, well, so, you know, it's you could, sort of an E. You could paste the E icon onto Edge. Could. <laughs> and then she wouldn't know. And honestly, I'm not kidding. If you're no, still on Windows I, 7, it's because you don't want things to change. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. like it the I way it is. I do think that's a big chunk of that audience uh, on the consumer side. You know, people who just don't care. They're not. Yep. This is not a concern for them. I mean, there's. And again, I, you know, we don't. This, I wish we could. We would know and have better information about this because obviously there there's some percentage of the audience that's out in the world and they're using it. They're dentists or doctors' offices or whatever they are, and it's they have whatever apps they run. I know my dentist runs an app that is tied to the um like the x-rays you get and so forth. It looks like it was written in Visual Basic, like classic yeah. Visual yeah. Basic. It looks yeah. like an old fashioned app. I almost certainly it, was. Yeah, and yeah. I will that app run in Windows 10? You know, maybe, probably, hopefully, but mm. Um, I, there's going to be some of that uh, for sure. And, but I do think there's a big chunk of people like your mother probably who yeah. run some small handful of apps and they don't think about the computer. They don't care about it. But mm -hmm. every once in a while they have to check email or uh, browser yeah. web or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, those, you know, those, uh, uh, that, those people will be fine. I mean, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, and probably we're not going to see like the app compatibility issue stuff we saw in the past. I don't think we are. At least not no. on a broad scale. I mean, there will be no, some. Mic yeah. You know, Microsoft has a whole guarantee about if your app is incompatible, tell us and we'll we'll fix it. And so yep. I figure, you know, most of that's about businesses. But I, I would guess they've also tested major consumer apps, right? Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. 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 Yep. So yeah, I'm 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 thinking it's going to go well, um, and the the only thing I wonder about, and this is just a very minor thing, like is her old keyboard and her mouse and her printer all going to just work? Is everything like you know if I get the latest drivers on there, and will it just keep working? So you're are yeah. you switching out her computer? Yeah, but you're going to use the computer. peripherals or whatever. She has an ancient ancient Toshiba laptop yeah. that okay. I can't even believe is still working. So it's oh, not like so a PS2 yeah. keyboard or something. This is a, no. <laughs> a USB no. keyboard or something. Um, <laughs> no. yeah. that, I mean, that so should all work. Should that should work fine. Yeah, yeah that'll work fine. Yeah. The, the other thing is, you know, you guys were talking about that past decade thing. I mean, when you look at Windows 7, that was the start of a trend that continued at least through the previous version of Windows 10, which was that mm. the system requirements for Windows either went down or remained the same right. with each new version. So it should yeah. get right. faster, even on an old computer. Right. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting trend. I, I don't know if that changed in the very most recent version of Windows 10, but for, by and large, uh, the system requirements aren't as, um, you know, as heavy as they used to be. You right? do want that, more memory. I bet you that Toshiba has a megabyte, a gigabyte yeah, or two of different. RAM. So, I'm you, sure. yeah. so yeah. you know, four gigs of yeah. RAM would be kind of... That would be a big improvement. <laughs> and, yeah. So that's right. the problem yeah. with some of these older machines is lack of memory. Yeah. yeah. The main thing she wants is a big screen monitor because she's like, you know, I, yeah. I can't see as well. And I'm but, like, well, that's pretty easy to get. But, and this yep. is a key... You get a big screen monitor, but you set it at ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. Well, that was so. Well, actually, in Windows ten, what you do is you uh, scale the display, right? Oh, that's yeah. another. Yeah. That's actually right. one wonderful advantage of Windows ten. There you go. It'll yep. be easier uh, for you to it read. It supports mom. high DPI. Yeah. 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 
My yep. my problem with that is that I don't is there are it, it, not everything scales, right? Mm. So sometimes you uh, get little tiny things on the screen. Yeah, and then yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, I, right now you you'll those will be like weird older desktop applications. I yeah. I use an unsupported um, uh, desktop app that for Markdown that is like that when you install it the. Mm-hmm. The dialog box is tiny it because it doesn't understand IDPI, scale. Yeah, yeah. So that's why but, I, I set everything. <laughs> if you have an old, because the problem is you get a big monitor. This happens to me all the time. People call yeah. a radio show and say, "But now right. all the icons are tiny. I thought it was going to be easier <laughs> yeah. to read." And you say, "No, you just set it at a higher, uh, right. you know, lower resolution. Mm-hmm. Set it to, yep. you know, something a little lower." Yeah, I think she actually has been using Microsoft Works. On oh her my PC. God! Well, that's Yikes. not going to yep. work anymore, is it? No, but, you know, she can still open the documents that she created. And she doesn't really do anything with, like, I'm not going to give her Office because she doesn't create yeah. documents, you know. This like, is right, but if she thing. needed to, she could use the Office uh, online. Yeah. Apple and uh, Windows both had these all-in-one, I thought, great little apps for normal people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they've disappeared. Now it's these giant yeah. honking suites of apps. I know. I, I always I always like that. And I... I I, yeah. I think of those as good enough, you know, capital G, yeah. capital E. They were plenty fine for 90% um, of the people. I know. Yeah, that was the problem, Leo. They were plenty plenty yeah, fine. Exactly. Not as expensive, you know. Well, look at that new Office app Microsoft announced at Ignite. That's what that's basically works, right? It's Word, Excel, PowerPoint in one app. It is. But it's oh, for, good. it's for iOS and Android oh, only. Bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh I you know, there was uh, Mac Apple had uh Claris Works, which they later made made into iWork, mm-hmm. and uh, Microsoft Works was these were great programs. This was a category yeah. that's just disappeared. So Apple arguably still does that, right? With the iLife, uh, no, they're sorry, standalone the apps. No, they're standalone yeah. apps. Well, okay, now. okay, but uh, so the inter- but, the reason I like it one app light apps, you know, is because they can inter- they can they they just it makes more sense I think for an end user that oh yeah I have it all in one app. Uh, I, I just feel like it's no, easier. We, uh, com solved that. We don't need that anymore. Now, uh, we, now we have all these complex yeah, interfaces for education. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can embed an Excel spreadsheet in your Word document. Yes, yeah. You can still make compound documents how, if you how, hate well, yourself. Mom, enjoy and, that. Yeah, yeah. Fluid framework, Mom. mom you got to hear about this. It's all about well, the fluid. By the way, the fluid fl- framework literally is the 21st century version of what we're talking about. Yeah, it, it is. Yep. Yep. Why did that? Why did those end? It whether was it? I don't understand why those both went out of business. They're both gone. Mm-hmm. Works and probably because well, Microsoft I, and other vendors say you, I can make a lot more money if I sell you the whole you thing. Know what? I think here's a trend I don't like, and this is a yeah. trend of the last twenty years, is that personal computing has become more and more like business computing. It's yeah. become a unified platform. So basically, whatever you did it, do at the office, that's what you're going to do at home. Mm. Right, right. Remember, yeah. we used to have this notion of home computing somehow being different. Right. I, you know, I, it's fun. I was just thinking about this. You know, in the very early days of personal computing, it was the availability of VisiCalc on the Apple IIe that brought computers into the office, right? It was kind of the opposite direction. The consumer tech was influencing business, and then uh, it kind of went in the opposite direction. I, I think that. Contrary to that, though, there is this notion today of the consumerization of uh, IT. You know that people. Yeah, now we're all with... doing networks and switches and hubs in our house. I got <laughs> yeah. people call me. So what the hell's a router? What? I don't... <laughs> well, I think, you know, the iPhone yeah. kind of triggered the same 
you know, switch of a consumer product into work that the Apple IIe had. Yeah. Um, BYOD was the big. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, obviously now they're sophisticated enough that you can have work profiles and, and mix and match. A lot of people have one phone that work maybe bought them or they use for work and for home, whatever the situation is. Um, I don't know. I, I, but essentially, the computer, you, the desktop you use at home or the laptop yeah. is identical to the one you use at work. There's no distinction. There's no home apps. There's no home. Yeah, that's operating. because we don't do home stuff on a computer anymore. I mean, the computer, the PC mm. has been relegated to this productivity tool. It, it, it is work. It's for work. Yeah. yeah. Even, even the way gamer, Microsoft. You know, there are difference. I mean. Yeah. Even the way that Microsoft positions it, right? They they talk about targeting prosumers, right? So people yeah. who are consumers who care about productivity, not just your average. Well, they've even person. stretched it in weirder ways. You know, they've described what they do as uh, pro about productivity and making people more efficient. And then someone yep. will say, well, what about Xbox? And they'll say, we're making the UI better. So you're more productive in that environment and you can get going into the <laughs> game more quickly. And it's like, okay, guys, like, I, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, yep. uh, yes, I 10 years ago, you know, again, we keep going back to this, but when you were on Facebook or whatever, you were doing that on a PC. A lot mm -hmm. of most people were. And today, I mean, obviously older people still do probably and some mm -hmm. people, but um, most people do that stuff on a phone. Yeah. You know, and it kind of, it reduces the number of things you do on a PC and it kind of boils it down to work. Yeah. You know, I need a big screen, a keyboard, the mouse. I got to, I'm creating a document, a spreadsheet, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's most of it, right? That's I think that's mm -hmm. where the PC is today. Me too. Yep. But we should talk about for people who stay on Windows Seven, what's going to happen to you after January fourteenth, twenty twenty? Yeah, this because, was actually um, previously communicated, though it's in the Book of Revelations. Exactly. And, um, so we all basically know. Basically, there's a fissure opens in the ground, <laughs> and hands reach out and they grab you and they pull you into hell. And they take your PC and it just gets sucked <laughs> into right. the earth. Yeah. <laughs> They hand yeah. you an iPad. And then Here it is. Here you go. <laughs> no, so, you know, it's going to keep working. Your PC is going to keep working. You're just going to be more exposed to potential problems security-wise because you right. can bet hackers will be targeting people who did not upgrade. And I have a lot of people say to me, I know yeah. how to protect myself. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> right. Sure. I'm like, okay. Um, but what, what Microsoft's going to do, we just found out this week, on the day after the expiration of Windows 7 and free security updates, so on January 15th, they're going to start flashing to people's screens a full screen warning that says, by Ooh. the way, your PC is no longer supported. <laughs> Don't you yeah. think that should have started sooner than that, though? I mean, uh, probably, um, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I, I know the there, are, there are pop-ups. I've seen, I've seen a pop-up in pop Windows 7. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So if you're a Homer Pro user, you may have already seen these pop-ups that have been um, happening this year. I think if you were a home user, it started happening in the spring. And then if you're a pro user who's not on a domain joined network, it started happening around October. You'd see a, a pop-up that would say, by the way, the end of support for Windows 7 is January 14, 2020. And you can select to never see that again, or you can say, remind me later. And this full screen warning that's coming January 15th is going to work the same way. If you never want to see it again, you have to click, don't show me this again. If you just dismiss it, you're going to keep seeing it. So 
Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little more dire. Correctly, right? I mean, I, I, it's understandable that they're doing it that. Is. It is, right. So there, it'll say, remind me later, or just don't ever remind me about this again. And you can choose that option. But the way that they push this out, this um, notification is going to hit you on January 15th. Again, if you're not on a domain join network and you're not on a kiosk PC, if you're just on a Windows 7 home or a Windows 7 Pro machine that's not on a, net, on a domain join network, you right. will see this because on Patch Tuesday yesterday, Microsoft pushed out a security update to Windows 7 that has this pop-up inside of it. That's right. You know, and, you, huh? and you thought they weren't adding any new features to Windows 7. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's in the monthly roll-up for Windows 7 Service Pack 1. We know the KB number. It's 4530734. It's inside of that thing. So that's how, you, how you're going to get it. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, and that's how they do it. You know, they, they put them inside of the security roll-ups um, and then they're set, they're like time to sh- start showing up at a set date. Right. That's so, how they do that. Obviously, businesses have the opportunity to pay extra for support and, and be yep. supported for one, I think it's one to three years. Um, consumers do not have that. But when Windows okay. XP went out, I know all the browse, major browser makers and the major AV vendors at the time both said, you know, we will support this product for some num- some number of months or mm-hmm. years or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, over time, that kind of drifted off. I, I've not heard anything about that yet. I assume there's going to be some communication about it. It would be kind of interesting, for example, if Microsoft said, hey, we're also releasing uh, Edge in January. You in can fact, use that. on January 15th, the day yeah, after. Yeah, one day later, right? <laughs> so Edge will, be, Edge will be available for Windows 7, presumably. Um, it will... Uh, I mean, it has its built-in security protections and so forth. I mean, there must be some modicum of advantage to using a product like that. Um, I don't know how they'll, I mean, I guess they can't officially support it, but you so know, I wonder how they'll handle that. This is funny you're bringing this up. This, ca- this yeah. came up on Twitter yesterday among okay. a bunch of us. Because I have asked Microsoft several times, how long are you going to support Credge yeah. on Windows 7, given that Windows right. 7 end of life is the day before Credge starts rolling out? And yep. they, they just said, we have nothing to say. But then a few people who were at Ignite said they actually did say something about this at Ignite, that they said they were oh. going to be supporting it after the end of life for Windows 7, which you would assume, um, yep. given the timing. But they okay. they didn't give an exact timing um, like or say, you know, for two years or for however long. Uh, a couple okay. people said on Twitter they think it'll be as long as Chromium continues to have support for Windows 7. I tried so asking they Google. Would tie it to that. Yeah. I know. I tried asking Google, how long are you going to support Chrome on Windows 7? And they, they gave me some really vague, weird answer. <laughs> like, well, I I, they must have in. to evaluate the size of the audience for one yeah. thing and then yeah. also the um, just the viability of supporting a product like that that's yeah. not supported by its maker. So XP, right. they went on for a year or two. There was quite or two yeah, at least years, I, I thought I it was a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. it was quite yeah. a while. Yeah. But yeah. the other issue, of course, is AV, right? And so Microsoft yeah. has the predecessor to Windows Defender uh, called Windows or Mike, what's it called? Essential, Security Essentials. Security Essentials, uh, MSE, Microsoft now, Security Essentials. Is that no longer going to be available yep. for download on January? That's crazy, yep. right? I mean, no longer January 14th. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so that if you're means using people- or counting on that, it's yep. they're going to take it away as of January 14th. Oh, you mean they'll just like uninstall it? 
I, I don't know what it'll do if you have it on your I system. Mean, it probably just won't get oh, virus wow. updates. Any updates, or, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that means you're going to want to look into third party. That's not good. AV and what their policy is for Windows 7 because some yeah. of those guys, I'm sure, will support it right away, but, or, you know, yeah. in the beginning, but they're going to drift off too over time. Yeah. So here's what it says on the Microsoft um, support page about Microsoft Security Essentials. It says, your Windows 7 PC will not be protected by MSC after January 14, 2020. This product is unique to Windows 7. It follows the same lifecycle updates for support. That's all it says. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, people, I, I bet a bunch of people rely on that. They're going to need to figure something out. That's yeah, really harsh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're out to punish people who keep running Windows 7. I've said that a couple times. Everyone's it, like, no, that's not accurate. It's starting to feel accurate. punitive. It right. is starting it, to feel it punitive. It totally is. <laughs> oh, don't wait. Wait till you get on Windows 10. You're going to be punished for that, too. Because I <laughs> <laughs> think it gets updated like three times a month. Yeah. You're going to go from like a wasteland of updates to what the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, that'll be interesting to see how people react to that who haven't yet been exposed to that. And wow. Right. Um, how you know how how they feel about hey wait my well, PC is updating again right there's going to be some portion of that population who specifically stayed on Windows Seven because of that right who there didn't want is. to go to Windows Ten either because they heard the stories or they experienced it themselves and they yeah. think it's terrible yeah that's the you probably get this email all the time whenever I write anything about Windows Seven I get email the next day from people saying I'm never going to ten. <laughs> Windows 7 works. Never go into Windows yep. 10. Never. <laughs> Even yep. Steve Gibson, who was as I know virulent as anybody could be about this, right. yeah, is on Windows 10 now. He is. Yeah. Right? So that's in fact he stayed with XP for a long. That's time. an interesting situation because yeah. he is not going to be able to stay on a version of Windows 10 for a very long period of time. Oh, he's going to have to. Right. Yeah. So I wonder how he's going to deal with that. <laughs> Not well. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, seriously. He'll, probably be because... one of those, he'll be one of those guys who tries to go the long-term servicing channel thing and just say, nope, I don't. I want to get it. Well, I don't care if I get it. No, he is. He's using LTSC. He's totally he using it. Okay. Yes. okay. There we go. Oh, okay. TechNet. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. He's a TechNet subscriber. Yep. There you go. And what is the time frame for that? Uh, that Four they can years? stay on that version? Longer. Four years? Maybe four. Okay. Look. That's yeah. for Windows 10. Yeah. yeah. So you have four years in between uh, feature updates. Yeah. So if he if he stayed with if he got 1909, which is probably the latest uh, long term servicing branch uh, version or whatever they're calling it today, um, he could he could be running that thing until 2023. Wow. I think it. If I'm reading this right, I just pulled up a quick page, but five year, five ten years five of support year. for LTC. Ten years. What ten? <laughs> five five extended and five mains mainstream. Let's see. That doesn't seem. That doesn't seem possible. It doesn't. Um, I'll keep looking while we're talking. <laughs> okay, but that's interesting because yeah. it, it, whatever the number is, I mean, it's maybe it's not as bad as I thought at first. But you know, we we should say Microsoft really tries to get people not to do what he's doing. Which uh, you know, they say LTSC is for like medical equipment and you know things that are mission critical, not not for your average person who mm -hmm. d just doesn't want to take the updates. I get why they say that, but yeah, they they really discourage people. I don't think, I don't think LTSC is supported on Surface. I don't think I don't think the Office apps are supported on it. Like they they really make it punitive, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Windows 10. I guess that also these people coming from Windows 
seven, if the, at least if they get on Pro, especially, will be able to at least defer and delay updates. You know, up to a year in some cases, um, yeah. and some of them will want to do that for sure. Yeah. Ten years. It keeps coming up. Ten years it's, when I switch. That doesn't to this. seem right, but okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. Then good. Steve will be happy. I yeah. know. I think he'll be retired in ten years. <laughs> well, that's what I, I mean. That's <laughs> you know, yeah. Kind of where I was heading. Yeah, I mean, five years long, of mainstream. Just ride, yep. ride that one up. Ride yeah. it all the way. Won't have it to looks like five it. years of mainstream. Five five years of extended. Every everything that keeps coming oh. up. If anybody who's listening knows differently, let us know. I I used to know this, but it, it's been a while since I wrote about LTSC. I thought they had completely done away with that ten year time frame. Well, when you build a X ray machine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be updating it too often. No. No. All right, let's take a break. Uh, there's lots more to talk about, including hell freezing over. But first. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of religious stuff yeah, in this show. Yeah. This is, you, this is straight out of Revelations, folks. <laughs> our, show, our show today brought to you by ExpressVPN. This was a revelation. I didn't know this until I tried it with ExpressVPN. We all know about VPNs protecting your security and privacy online. I mean, that's, you know, that's a given. And I've mentioned many times that the VPN I used when we were just on our trip that I had on all my devices. And I love having it on my devices. Windows, Mac, iOS, Android, Linux, everywhere I, I go, I'm using ExpressVPN. But did you know it also can take your TV watching to the next level by unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? And I didn't know this would work until I tried it. And man, it blew me away. For instance, use ExpressVPN. You can binge on Doctor Who and Star Trek on the UK Netflix. You just switch your... You, so when you start up ExpressVPN, there's a one-button click. And it'll take normally it'll take the VPN network closest to you. But you can choose any country. You can emerge in any of a hundred different countries around the globe. And, and it looks to those services like that's where you're coming from. And so you'll get access to content that's only available in those countries. And it works. It works. Fire up ExpressVPN, change your location to the UK, reflect, refresh Netflix, and all of a sudden, wow, look, it's something else. It hides your IP address, lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. I mean, you can go through every Netflix library if you want. Normally, you don't want to do this with a VPN because they slow you down, not ExpressVPN. Uh, honestly, I often leave it on. I had it on the. Uh, I had it on. I was going through Tokyo all day yesterday, <laughs> and I, you know, I downloaded the iOS updates. I did a bunch of stuff. Didn't even notice. It's so fast. I won't say why I was in uh, uh, on ExpressVPN in Tokyo, but let me just put it this way. If you like anime, you can switch to the Japanese Netflix. If you, it's to, By the way, it works with many streaming services, Hulu, BBC's iPlayer, YouTube, you name it, you can do it. There are lots of VPN choices out there, but there is none better than ExpressVPN because it's fast, because it works, because we know it's secure. They have independent third-party audits on a regular basis. They just completed one. Even this trusted server technology they use, which keeps their servers from writing to the hard drive. Even if they wanted to log your presence, they couldn't. It is just great. It works everywhere you are, not just on your computers, but on your media consoles and your smart TVs, your phones. You can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen wherever you are. 
Right now, if you go to expressvpn.com slash windows, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. I know you already know the value of a VPN. Uh, I know you've probably looked at a variety of them. Just take my word for it. This is the one. This is the one you've wanted all along. ExpressVPN.com slash windows. Three months free when you sign up for a year. That's the best deal. ExpressVPN.com slash windows. When you use that special address, you're telling everybody you listen to windows weekly and that's important for us uh back to the show we go and hell has frozen over actually <laughs> this is you know i use slack on linux this isn't so weird no what is slack made by microsoft leo no. yeah <laughs> no so it's a little we weird. knew this was going to happen we just didn't know when it was going to happen but as of this week teams is now available in public preview on linux Whoa. microsoft teams Yep. Hmm. The more interesting thing in this blog post to me was this is, Microsoft says this is the first of the Office apps coming to the Linux desktop. Oh, that's really interesting. Yep. Oh, so, of course, my. they won't say which ones. Yep. <laughs> my guess is OneDrive is next, given how many people have asked for OneDrive for Linux. Got my fingers crossed for sticky notes. <laughs> You're waiting. You're just holding on. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are like, oh, good. They're going to bring the whole suite, like Word off a, you know, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. I'm like, uh, I don't know. How, how hard would that, that be? I mean, they'd have to, I mean. It, well, it depends on how they do it, right? It's a what small if it's market. Could be those, it could be those web apps. Right. Yeah. It could be PWAs. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I mean, well, that's right. right. Um, yeah. But this, if they're uh, doing their own kernel, they may well be doing that. Yeah. Writing native yeah, apps I for Linux. World. I yeah. hate it. I'm getting tired of this. I'm going to start running retro OS. I can't deal with this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm okay. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I, I would guess um, the, the only, right now, the only Microsoft app that's natively ported to Linux in the Office family is Skype. And Skype's not tech, Skype consumer. Not that's yeah. not technically Office, since, right? Since both Teams and Skype run on, or do, does Skype run on Electron? I can't. I think it's an Electron app now, right? Well, teams is an Electron teams app. Teams is for yeah, sure. I don't so that think would be yeah. Skype is. Oh, okay. It's easy to port an Electron app to Linux. Yeah. That's not hard. I mean, maybe yeah. the Linux version is uh, on Windows. It's still that. It's, it's not Electron. I, okay. I think it's a UWP app, isn't it? Is it? I thought. I thought it was Electron, even on. Windows. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm okay. Could be. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure, but I. I kind of thought I. I mean, it's terrible. So it could be either one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <boy. laughs> I know that that was a funny thing. People were chiming in on Twitter. Like many people were excited, especially devs who were like, "Oh yes, Teams finally on Linux." And then you had people saying, "It's t it's a terrible client app on Windows. Are they bringing the same terrible client app to Linux?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's the same app, pretty much. <laughs> All the core features are the same. So, yeah, it's just, you know, on Windows, we've said this on the show, it's big, it's kind of bloated, it's kind of slow, I feel like. Maybe this is the secret at Microsoft attack on Linux. We finally figured out how to beat them. We'll give, us, <laughs> give them our crappy So somebody apps. in the chat room, Web0639, uh, mm -hmm. says, all of Office is now React Native. And because of that... He says this, it would run in Linux. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Office on the web, you mean? He must be talking about Office on the web. 
I mean, there's the office applications on Windows or Win32 apps. They, yeah. According to Electron, Skype is Electron. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, you know, if it's an Electron app, Teams and Skype, pretty, I would think, pretty easy to port it. In fact, most of the cross-platform stuff I see on Linux, uh, a lot of it is Electron-based because that's yeah. an easy thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the React Native thing is Microsoft Office apps on iOS and Android. Hmm. I guess we'll see. I think. <laughs> Although then I see some articles saying the whole of Microsoft Office 365 is being being rewritten in React.js. See, so, there you go. Yeah. I That's literally not possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't just think that... Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, this is at, written uh, at this crazy site. I wouldn't trust it. It's therot.com. Well, Who's. Who, yeah, see? Bozo. See? Couldn't possibly be true. Yeah. Uh, it's P. DeRosa. Oh, this is in your forums, so that's why it's. Not, you don't have to take any <laughs> P. response. P. P. DeRosa. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, and your response is everything this guy wrote is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. there. so there, there. Yeah, sounds, you've already you've like already asked and answered, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, this is something for they Chris Capicella. It first maybe next week. Yeah, it yeah. suggests more coming. It almost doesn't matter what they're going to use. It's I such mean, a small market. There's not a lot of incentive to put Office on Linux. I mean, it wouldn't be no. But so you you do the minimum and you do it for developers, right? And so, like Mary Jo said, OneDrive makes sense to be the next thing. That is absolutely something that makes sense. Any kind of Office yeah. 365, Microsoft 365 support is because those guys need to collaborate with their coworkers. They need access to those tools. The stuff it's on the a lot of it's on the web. I mean what the what the OneDrive client will give you is the ability to sync it offline. And I think that could be very valuable for a lot of people. But as far as Word, Excel, PowerPoint, whatever, I, I think the web apps are going to satisfy that need on Linux personally. Mm. But yeah, it's still it is a big deal because well, I actually want to hear Paul's. There's something in the notes here I want to hear from Paul because I have a similar story. Paul wrote something yep. about Office on Linux. Yeah, Tell me the story the, uh, about that. From the year 2000. So yeah. in a weird coincidence, I was out uh, doing con- some consulting work in Israel for a company called mm-hmm. AnySoft, which doesn't, um, you know, I don't think is around anymore. Mm-hmm. And while we were doing whatever <laughs> we were ad, doing. Good ad for Paul throughout consultancy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, I was just doing documentation for them. I don't think I played a role in their defeat. But anyway, they had incredible technology. It doesn't matter. It's a long time ago. So uh, again, we're in Israel. So the CEO came in. He said, hey, Paul, we're interviewing these two guys from Mainsoft. And I think you might want to talk to them. And I had to talk to him through an interpreter, as I recall. And I don't remember if they were Russian or, or maybe they were just Israeli. I don't remember exactly, but they didn't speak English very well. And so they had they had to have the story translated to me. But the deal was that Microsoft had contracted them to put Office on Linux. Now, you got to remember, this is the year 2000. So desktop Linux was still something Microsoft was worried about, like it could happen. Yeah. And I guess they wanted to be ready for that mm. just in case it did. And if you look up this company today, what you'll find is that they created technology in the early 90s or mid-90s to bring Microsoft Office, I'm sorry, to bring Microsoft Windows applications to Unix. 
And um, there are some Microsoft applications that use this, including, I think, Internet Explorer on Solaris was one example. And mm. I can't remember the other one, but there were a few that over the, maybe it was a Windows Media Player or something like that back in the day. Um, obviously, Office never did come out on Linux, but Microsoft did explore the possibility of doing it and asked this company, which did work like this for them in other areas, to be the ones to do it. And so I assume what they were going to do was use their technology to try and bring the Windows version of Office to Linux back in that day. So this is the tweet that started this. The this, tweet? The t this guy, Sean Larkin, does he, it, his bio looks like he works for Microsoft. I've never been able to say this yet. Well, actually, all of Office 365 is almost finished, being completely rewritten in this yeah. little scripting language called JavaScript and Skype and Teams and Code and all of MS Edge Dev Debug Protocol. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, whatever. I mean, he must, as far as Office 365, I mean, he has to be talking about the web version, right? Mm -hmm. um, but... I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to this. How how old was that? A couple of years? It's a year old, yeah. 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 To clarify, since someone exploded a bit, <laughs> we've been talking about our use, and he says our, of React Native and React yep. Native Windows yep. for a bit now. Here's the Git repo. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, because so uh, React Native, that was something they just talked about most recently at Ignite, uh, is is yet another way to create so-called native apps that do run on Windows. But he's talking, obviously, but they're not going to replace, like, Microsoft Word 2019 doesn't get replaced by some React native version of Word, right? The, the scope of that is staggering. It's impossible. Mm. For the same reason, you know, remember when, um, uh, was it Netscape or Mozilla in the early days were going to bring we're going to pour, they were to take their entire browser suite and put it on Java. Mm -hmm. Also impossible, as it turns out. <laughs> it was crazy. It was just a terrible. It just didn't work. Yeah. If, I, I see the same tweet. His bio says he's technical program manager for Microsoft Edge. Yeah, he's on the Edge team. I mean, you yeah. know, here's Christina Warren and uh, Tasha yeah. Zeb, both at Microsoft, responding, saying, wow, that's, you know, yay, you're a star. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Don't you know, know. It's, this is a good question for Chris Cap yeah. next week. Yeah. Let's yeah. ask him. He may, he may or may not know. I, I mean, he may have no idea what this is. I know. He it, may have no so idea, but I know esoteric. it's pretty specific. True. Yeah. Rich True. Turner oh. or somebody like that on him. Yeah. So I wonder ask. if this is, you mentioned, you were talking about the office app, but you were talking about the office app on mobile, right? Not the windows 10 yeah. office app. No. Because the windows 10 office app is probably... The new one, right? Remember, they just did a new one. It's probably an Electron or a um, a PWA type app. Oh, the, the app go, they announced at Ignite, that one? Uh, no, this is the one no. for Windows 10. This is the one that... Okay, the one that's actually like a website, right? Yeah. That you go, I think you go somebody, to office.com. Right. Somebody like asks is, him, does this also mean those tools will work natively on Linux? Not sure, but hope so. Um. Maybe that's why they're announcing Teams on Linux. I mean, that's what started this conversation. No, I don't think I actually. I don't. I don't know. I don't think these things are actually all that related. I, I, if you run the Office app right now on 
windows, what you will see is something that looks exactly like office.com. It, yep. it, that it could be the same code under the covers does make some sense. Like I could picture that. Mm -hmm. It's just a, right. it's got links to all of, and in fact, I, I'm sure what it will, oh, I was wrong. I was going to say, I'm sure it will launch the web version. It didn't it launch the native app version, but mm. um, it has links to all of the office applications. It has links to your most recent documents. You can pin documents. You can have shared documents. You can install Office from here, and it goes up to the office.com website. I mean, this is the office.com website. It's just running in an app mm -hmm. shell. So I think that that's what he was talking about. Yeah. And that is not a particularly ambitious thing. This is not a replacement for Excel, Word, PowerPoint. This yeah. is just web stuff, you know? Yeah. Okay, whatever you say, Paul. I don't know. I, I don't know who we well, can ask. Somebody's well, listening right now. Yeah, so Taro Elhonen, who's listening, said the Office app's UI for Windows is written in React Native for Windows. So he's saying just the UI, I believe. What does that mean? What? I, don't <laughs> like know. Since when? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. We're all We're all kind of in a fog here. And you know what? I feel We're like I'm ask. the only one not in the fog here, actually. So, <laughs> the, <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand when th the core Office apps, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, all those apps, they are Win32 apps. Yes, they are. And yeah. I think it's impossible. I would think it's impossible to rewrite those apps. Why? As yeah, not unless you want to throw away 90% of it. Well, which, by the way, clearly what they'd be doing. such a horrible idea. No, that's clearly what they'd be doing. <laughs> they, 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 yeah. what, what he implies is that they've started over. This was a year and a half ago he wrote I don't this. Th I think you're reading too much into this. I don't think this has anything to do with Word, Excel, PowerPoint. I, I think this is just Office 365 on the web. They're making the web app version of this stuff more like an app. And they can do this native integration stuff on Windows 10 because it's React Native. And that's cool. That's fine. But mm -hmm. it's not, like I said, you can all do it. You're all, well, Mary Jo's running Windows 7. Run the Office app and take a look at it. It's, <laughs> it's not, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> I can the, run the Office app the, by going this Office. This is the framework that they're publishing on GitHub: a framework for building native Windows apps. Yeah, that's React. but that's React Native for Windows. That has nothing to do with Office. That's what he links to. Yeah, but that's tweet. the. <laughs> but Microsoft, I know this is public. Like this is. Yeah, that's what he's Nova. saying. This shouldn't. Nobody should be surprised because this is what we're using. But when you look at what they actually built, I'm asking. You can run it. Like that's what I'm saying. You can run it. It's not a particularly exciting application. So for all of this excitement over React Native and JavaScript and native apps, what they created was the Office app. <laughs> and it's not – it's just the front end. It just launches yeah. the real apps, which are not written in uh, React well, Native. They're written <laughs> this in is really confusing. Status and roadmap. We are in the process of re-implementing React Native Windows in C++. <laughs> so now I, don't, now I don't know what's going on for sure. better performance and to better align with the shared C++ React Native core as it evolves. So now I really don't know. Is this is this just a library for C++ that is cross-platform? No, no, this exists so that people who use React and JavaScript and the web can create a yeah. native version of their app for Windows. It's right. just a way to bring their existing code base and put it in Windows. Right. It's one of many. We used to call these bridges, remember? Yep. Um, there were lots of things like this in Windows. Uh, and in fact, this is in some ways um, a natural, not a natural, a byproduct of what happened when the UWP strategy failed. They had to be more inclusive to these other things. And 
Yeah. They have other things this, that now are considered store apps. So, what, so all of this is not inconsistent with what people what the tweet that you just got, Mary Jo, which is there's an underlying core of C plus plus. Yes. Just as there always has been. I and don't, the UI is not you're mixing I think you're mixing things no? here. The, right. Those are those two things are not related. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking I'm looking up an article I wrote in twenty fourteen when Microsoft actually did a presentation about how they were trying to make all the office apps more cross platform. And the I have an exact quote from somebody on the team who said, Our goal is to maintain the shared co- shared core of intellectual proper- property, the guts of Office is all written in C++, and we want to keep that shared co- code as large as possible. Yeah. So he's just saying it's that's what yeah. Office now is Now, at that time, Microsoft was actively working and promoting this notion that they were going to have mobile versions of Office on Windows yeah, 10. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those those never really panned out either. I thought those were fine, by the way. We were talking about yeah. good enough apps earlier and, and Microsoft Works. I I, yeah. I know they were separate apps, but I feel like those sort of satisfied that mm. need. But mm-hmm. they clearly that, – that I don't think that platform had what it took to be a viable replacement for the Win32 apps, and they basically just gave up on it. Yeah. You know what's really ironic about all of this? <laughs> React is – a technology that came from Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you yeah. want to, if you want to bring the irony full circle, um, look at a cross section of the people who used to work at Microsoft to work at Facebook. Now yeah. it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Facebook in that yeah. capacity is much like the new, it's like the new Amazon. Interesting. Mm. It's really weird. I, I, yeah. and I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of understand how people who worked at Microsoft for many years, want to make a change they live in the seattle area they look across the bridge and they think okay amazon makes some sense i'm not trying to be a jerk to anyone that went to amazon uh, to facebook but i I have a hard time understanding how you go from microsoft to facebook i have a really hard time with that not stock price (laughs) yeah if it was for stock price you should have stayed home yep (laughs) Well, I mean, Facebook also, obviously you, has some ambition and they want good engineers. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I was going to say, if you don't want to be in the midst of controversy, also not a good place to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, but there uh, yeah, that's, think, that's sidebar, but completely sidebar. But do you think it's getting harder for Google to hire engineers like engineers are going? Oh, I don't know. That seems like it's going to be trouble over there. Do you mean you know, Google they, or Facebook? Google. Google. Google yeah. This is the problem Microsoft had, right, during the DOJ. Yeah. Right uh, now, Microsoft years. looks like the same calm place. Yep. <laughs> yeah. well, that's why it's crazy. Right? It's, it's, it's weird how that has turned around. Yeah. Um, micro, like, I, I know Apple's got a, cert, a good reputation of some sort, but I mean, they're obviously a very secretive company. I think there are some downsides to going to Apple. Yeah. Um, I think Microsoft is possibly the most desirable company to work at if you're I a tech you worker right. of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. Their yeah. reputation is stellar. Well, <laughs> I mean, Mary Jo and I, for example, are going to get jobs at Microsoft. I'm, I'm like, I'm looking up like, huh. You know, a weird thing happened yep. uh, in tech journalism for a few years. A lot of famous tech journalists, like Anand Shimpy of Anand Tech, yep. our own yep. Ryan Shrout and Alan Melvantano. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Anand and a bunch of other people went to Apple. Ryan and uh, Alan yep. went to Intel. This is... I, has there always been that kind of revolving door between the tech press and the industry? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I feel Peter like Peter Cowley back in the day, remember? He yeah. went uh, PC Week, uh, went, went and worked Microsoft. at Microsoft. 
worked, by the way, on open source stuff at Microsoft at yeah. a time when that was not something yeah. we really talked about. <laughs> you <Nope>. know, <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. I guess it's yeah. it's, it's kind of like going from government to uh, lobbying. It's just a <laughs> <Yeah>. natural. It's <laughs> just a kind of is. Yeah. Follow up with so many Microsoft guys end up marrying pe women from the PR firm that they, you know, you. Right. These are the this people you, you know. interact with. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. It's kind of a natural thing. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Now that hell has frozen over. Oh, here, <laughs> did you do the 1999 scoop? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the Israeli story. Okay. Uh, actually, I yeah. guess it was, I think it was 2000 on 1999. Nice. Um, yeah. So, you know, you know, what's funny that you put that in the notes is I remember, and I'm going to bring up the person who shall not be named, Stephen Sanofsky. Um, yep. Because he was running Office at that time, and I remember, <laughs> I remember being at Microsoft, and there was a meeting, and I was in the, I was in the room, I was, I guess, allowed to be in the room in this case, wow. and um, somebody asked him, and I don't think it was me, but somebody asked him about Office on Linux, mm -hmm. and I remember what writing this, about it remember? around 1999 or so. Oh, okay. yep. yep. Yeah, and and I remember him just like completely denying it, but then there was some evidence um, that. Microsoft was running Office on Linux internally at that time, and they tried to okay. play it off as we do it for test purposes, just to see, you know, Interesting. Wow. hypothetical. I think they uh, were preparing for the world that didn't happen. You know, we joke about the year maybe. of desktop Linux, but I think yeah, they were maybe. worried about it. And, of course, this is antitrust time frame. I mean, things were right. going south. I know, but right? that company yeah. could have been split up. I mean, maybe part of the reason yep. was the Office business was going to be its own um, company, and they had to support other clients. Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a crazy thing to think about that that was still a conversation back then and then nothing happened all this time, you know. And now I wrote that story. I remember because we were living at our first house in Dedham, the smaller house, yeah. and um, I came downstairs and I I was worried about it, you know. And my wife mm -hmm. asked me, she says, what's wrong? And I said, if <laughs> something happens to me, it's going to be because of the story I just wrote. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> we talk about over. I was really about it. I, I thought I was going to get. I thought I was going to get a phone call and a cease and desist kind of a. Like I thought there was going to really? be a problem. Wow. Yeah, if I really disappear. <laughs> yeah. If you don't yep. see me after my walk tomorrow, yeah. Holy you cow. see like a red light on my forehead. This is why we're tech journalists. These things don't happen to tech journalists. Or it would do make they? a good movie, though. It would make a good movie. You know, and honestly, people will cover be Will tech. Smith, you know, playing my role. Increasingly, we are going to be the people who uh, who are talking against, you know, big tech and big government. Right. So maybe right. maybe we are kind of going to be in the uh, or for the shills <laughs> speaking for big tech, Leo. That's there's some uh, opportunity right. there. There's, there's a little speaking. financial gain. <laughs> I I speaking just want to say, say for one, I love Russia. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. By the way, you know, China. I mean, come on, great country, great Hit people. Me? Great what are people, people in Hong Kong thinking? And they know technology, man. I oh, tell you what. Of course they do. They get it from the best. <laughs> they steal it right from the United States. Uh, they know more about it than we actually, do. Actually, I'd be afraid of the uh, AI research being done in China right now. Oh, no, that's for sure. I that, think that's they may well yep. have a, yep. a leg up on everything we're doing. We yep. just don't know because it's a, it's a closed system. It's Can a we spend a few minutes on North Korea, too? Because I don't feel like we've highlighted <laughs> I'm not worried about the little rocket man. I'm not. I don't think he's going to be. He's not my next employer. <laughs> no, no. Never say not. never. Never know. You never know. Yeah. I, for one, welcome our new South North Korean overlords. How about Windows 10? What do we have? We said everything there is to say. This is we? Windows Weekly. No, we have not. Well, let's say it. 
It's not much here, Leo. Um, no, but you know what? One. Last week, last week yep. we were saying, is it about time for them to be wrapping up 20H1 and moving to the next version? So they still haven't put the next version out to testers yet. Right? Yeah, they had a build Friday, I think, yep. right? And then right. they had a build today, or today or yesterday. yesterday. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I have to think this is the week, right? I mean, vacation's coming up. Yeah. This is that's what we said. Remember, we were guessing last week, December thirteenth, that would be when they wrap it up, which is this Friday. Yeah. So this latest build, which I think is nineteen oh four one, it's it's going to be pretty close to this. I think this is yeah. pretty much it. So almost done. Then what we don't know is, are they going to start testing 20H2 or 21H1? That's what we don't know. Yeah, right, right. We're see. Now, do you think we're going to see that before the end of the year? Or do you think they're going to hold off until January? Mike, at first I thought they would do it this year. But now more and more I'm thinking they don't want to have this start over Christmas, I wouldn't think. Although, yeah. the, first, although the first few builds of a new test release never have anything new in it it's just you know we here it is it's it's the first build of well, none of the builds from this release have had anything new in it that's <laughs> so, true that's true you know yeah we could do that for a year i guess i know right I, i'm kind of thinking now they might not start it till next year but who yeah. knows yeah who knows these things always take long you know i, I again just Going over the fact that, you know, Mary Jo had kind of called it on how early this thing was going to be complete. I thought that was crazy. And then it kind of happened. Now that it's winding down, I keep wondering why it hasn't happened yet. You know, we, every time yeah. we get to the end of the process, I'm always like, why are they not done yet? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. And so if you look at, the, you know, they don't have very descriptive blog posts about what's happening because there really isn't much to say. But right. there are a couple of known issues. Um, not that that would stop them from completing it because they can release mm -hmm. cumulative updates between now and their release anyway. But. Um, that list is getting smaller. So it seems like this is, I think we're right on the cusp of it. Me too. Same. I do. This yeah. is uh, breaking news just in. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Frampton <laughs> has released a new version of Show Me the Way for free. <laughs> oh, I was pretty sure you were going to say he was dead when he said his name because, <laughs> no. you know, but Frampton. I think we're living it's in a time warp. They're they're <laughs> making a new version of um, Home Alone, Leo. Everything is as old as new again. I think it's you know? I think it's open source. It, it's just, free. <laughs> you think it's open source's fault? I do. They're open sourcing Mary jo their has songs. investigated remakes and has tied it yeah. all back to open source. I have. <laughs> Maybe he did die and, and Frampton came alive. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, sorry. That too soon. Too soon. Da -dun -dun. No, that was, uh, that was like four years ago. Not, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, your phone now supports digital pens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? So if you have that screen mirroring feature with your phone, meaning you can, you know, connect your phone to your Windows 10 PC wirelessly, and then the phone display comes up. You can, if you if your PC is pen compatible, you can use the pen on an Android app and have it go to the phone. So, for example, like oh, I said, that's so cool. I actually, I understand yeah, what you're actually, saying. Yeah, yeah, Apple's been doing that too, sort of, with continuity. They call it. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. It's right. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, not not a huge thing for most people, but it's it's nice. And what else do we have? Oh, yes, my favorite feature. Collections. Um, I love <laughs> collections. The <laughs> the dread of collections has been hanging over my head for the past couple of months, and now it's finally happening. <laughs> So if you are on uh, Microsoft Edge, the new version, Canary or Dev Channel, 
uh, and you get the latest update, you will have the collections feature right there in your toolbar. Um, can't remove it. I found out after telling people you'd be able to remove it because why wouldn't you be able to remove a feature that no one's going to want to use? But actually, as of today, you cannot right-click it and say go away for some hmm. reason. So hmm. sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then presumably it will head to the beta channel after it's been tested thoroughly, so probably next week. Because why on earth would you test this thoroughly? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Waiting for the field guide to be updated with everything about collections. <laughs> everything you Well, I got bad news for you, Mary Jo. It is going to be updated uh, with that. I'm sorry. That's bad see? news for me. Um, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to have to write about it. So, yeah, com. Get your copy now and you get the updates for free. <clears throat> yeah. I have an update about the book later in the show. Good. Uh, related to Good. that. I have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll continue with Windows Weekly, Paul Thorat and Mary Jo Foley. Uh, but first, a word from Captera. So many people, you know, we talk we talk about this. I mean, the people, you know, the X-ray machines in the hospital, they're still running Windows XP. So many people uh, are running legacy software, and they're forced to use Windows Seven. This is a this is the time to go to Captera.com. If you have, if you're using Windows Seven. Because the boss's nephew's cousin brother, Joey, wrote uh, the program you use to run the business. Now, Joey has moved to Borneo, and no one's keeping it up to date, and it's still on Windows 7. And if you're looking for a way <laughs> to keep this enterprise alive, you need to go to Capterra. There's great, modern, state-of-the-art software that actually runs on Windows 10. Or in the cloud, so it'll run anywhere. And Capterra's got it all, 700 categories of business software, from digital workplace software, video management software, even verticals like things like yoga studio management. We were looking the other day, we found a mortuary management, uh, dog grooming, whatever the business you're in, there's great software out there, and the best place to find it is Capterra, the leading free online resource to help you find the best for your business. Uh, here's here's how it works. You'll go to Captera. You'll search for your category, 700 categories. You'll go within the category, search for the exact software you want. You'll see on the left side, there's check boxes. It's got to run on premises or it's got to run in the cloud. Um, I'm a dog groomer. I want to be able to book appointments. I want to be able to take online payments, whatever it is you need. And the, I love the filters because they're tuned to the kind of software. They're exactly the things that you want. You check those, narrows it down a little bit. Maybe you pick four and you could compare them side by side, just like they do in the magazines, feature to feature all the way down. But that's when the best part kicks in because right at the bottom, the reviews. Captera has over a million reviews from real users. They vet them very carefully. So you can go, you can look at the software, you can say, based on the reviews, this is the one I want to try. I think this is fantastic. And because this is completely free, there's no reason for you not to go right now to capterra.com slash windows. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A, capterra.com slash windows. There's so many uh, new reviews because I think people say, well, it was free. Let me pay it forward. So leave a review, you know, good or bad. Tell people what you think of this stuff. That'll help the next person who comes along is looking for software. Capterra.com slash Windows. Capterra believes that software makes the world a better place because software can help every organization become a better version of itself. 
Go to C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A, captera.com slash windows. It's completely free. And yeah, you're smart. I know you could just go to captera.com, but go to captera.com slash windows because then Paul and Mary Jo get credit. It's a great way of supporting the show at no cost to you. captera.com slash windows. Captera is software selection simplified. Paul and Mary Joe, we continue on with hardware. <laughs> we don't talk about hardware much in the show. We don't. I like hardware. This one's um, kind of interesting. Oh, I put this under. I put, there's a mistake in the notes. Let me fix that. Um, this one's interesting for me on two levels. So there is a Microsoft patent application that went live very recently showing that Microsoft is working on bringing uh, a digital, like a pen digitizer to the wrist rest area of Surface Book. Although, by the way, it could be any Surface device when you think about it. Um, one of the problems with a laptop mode type thing where you have uh, touch and uh, pen on the screen is that it's hard to write on that screen, right? Because, you, you know, you either can't lay it down or it just doesn't make sense. So I would say Surface Laptop, um, Surface Book, and then, of course, Surface, even Surface Pro in laptop mode. Um, this would be kind of interesting, right? So you obviously write on the wrist pad and it goes up on the screen. That's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but the guy who wrote the patent application is my buddy, Martin <laughs> McLean, who was my co-author on the Windows 10 oh, field really? guide. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I was like, That's listen, uh, Martin, um, <laughs> not going to pry here, but <laughs> this is kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, he wouldn't. I didn't ask him for any details or anything, and he didn't offer any. But um, that would be kind of nice that. for like signing my name or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, normally you want to write on the screen, right. right? But if you have a laptop, for example, Mary Jo's laptop, like that screen, you could write on it with Windows uh, Surface Pen, but who would? Yeah. Right, because you're right. reaching out, and you know, it's kind of yeah. like yeah. yeah. But writing uh, right on the wrist pad, I don't know. I like yeah, that. that's kind of cool. You know, it's like a Wacom kind of a um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Type thing. It's that's a that's and it's a good much idea. more natural to sign your name yeah. that way than it is yeah. on the screen. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if that it ever comes to market. I but like they it. have patented it, and he told me that it the, the process takes forever. He said he worked on that thing for over a year before it was oh, finally. Wow. Mm. So it's not just a, a frivolous patent to protect it. No, 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 no. That's mm. nice. Mm. There's something they really want to do. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. It was kind of a funny thing because I, I came across it independently and I was like, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, pal, old buddy, old pal. Can we write a chapter on this? Let's go. Mobile plus web. I think we did a lot of mobile plus web already, but we could. We could yeah, these. Well, most of these more. are really quick. I mean, it's not they really are. a lot going on. No. Maybe that first one. Yeah, the, the first, first one kind of I pretty. added in what was about Microsoft giving the Office apps for iOS and Android a makeover. So the part to me that's not very interesting is, yeah, they're making them more more compliant with Fluent, you know, their design language that I can't really see, that everyone talks about a lot. Um, they're trying to make everything look like they look like the same uh, design, sorry, the same design style that they have in Office on Windows and the web. They want to bring that to the Office apps um, in uh, for iOS and Android. But what was more interesting to me in that blog post was they also are taking a Microsoft research technology that they call micro productivity and micro tasks, and they're somehow going to bring it to Office on iOS and Android. So this is an idea that you can break up tasks 
into smaller tasks and make it easier for people to just focus on those instead of doing the big task. So here's an example. You're writing a book and say you've got your phone and you're like, yeah, I want to work on my book, but I don't want to like open an entire chapter or the whole book on my phone just so I can like write a paragraph. So they're thinking about ways that they can enable you inside of Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and other Office apps to do these micro tasks on mm. mobile devices. And the fact that they actually mentioned it in this blog post makes me think it's close to being added to Office somehow. They just didn't really elaborate on how. I was curious about that because if you yeah. look at their post about it, they mention now, of course, we're talking about two different things that sound very similar, fluent and fluid, right? So fluid. the fluent... Right. Fluent design system is the UI stuff, and that's the thing yep. that that's there. It's it's kind of yeah. complete. There is some irony yeah. to the fact that they are ready to roll it out on mobile, and they seem to be still hurling it at Windows 10 and little derbs and drabs. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. The right. flu, uh, sorry, the fluid framework fluid. stuff, which is the back end micro yeah. task thing you're talking about, yeah. is uh, barely mentioned in the blog post. Like you, I know. Um, it's only right. it's only there because there really isn't anything there yet. But they, they, like yeah. you said, there was this indication that well, this is what we're thinking. Yeah. Um, of course, we just talked. It's funny we just talked about React Native and C plus yeah. plus and back end and front end and and this might be related to that kind of thing as well when you think about it. I mean, yep. um, they're kind of rethinking how this stuff all works in the back end. And if you have mm -hmm. a, a a little bit of functionality that maybe is going to be common across. Um, the different office mobile apps in this case, maybe this is the technology um, yeah. that they'll use or are using, you know, for that kind right. of stuff. It kind of makes sense, right? Because the fluid framework is the thing that makes co-authoring faster, but it also lets you break up apps into these um, components that can be updated independently of each other, right? So that must be where the yeah. microtask thing fits in. Um, but again, they didn't, they didn't give a time frame. They didn't really say how it was going to manifest. Like, was it going to be in the office? No, it was or? very vague. Yeah. That yeah. part was very vague. It was, it was, it was interesting. Because a lot of, a lot of it, it was like, look at all this UI. It's amazing. Yeah. Also, we're doing this other thing. I mean, but yeah. look at the UI. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at the UI. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, to me, if you're familiar with Android, looks a lot like what uh, Google already did with material design, but mm. you know, mm. what? yeah. But look at the UI. But look at it. It's so it's fluid. Pretty, it's, it's so uh, fluent. It's <laughs> so yeah. Fluent. So fluent, fluid. fluid. Conf yeah. Confused sometimes. I know. It's, they're so similar. And of course, Microsoft yeah. used to use the phrase "fast and fluid" all the time, which was that's right. Like a horrible aftermath of a Mexican meal or something. Like just. <laughs> oh God, Paul! Oh, you went there. He, he did. Went there. Oh he man, Paul! There. Come on, I'm eating lunch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard doing the show last week with Mary Jo in the studio. Because I couldn't go get coffee. I couldn't have You could have. You could have. I would have covered for you. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I had to stay the whole show. People, people, I think, I was going to say they don't know. They absolutely know. It's <laughs> 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 not a secret. Um, office apps for Windows Mobile end of life. Okay, this is the thing that's connected to what we were talking well, about before. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I don't think that's correct, by the way. I think it, uh, the Windows Mobile ones, uh, don't they end of life this January? No. No. Oh. So it's that far away. There are, these, the, there are these things called Office Mobile apps that are touch-first UWP apps that Microsoft made mostly for Windows phones and Windows 10 Mobile. 
right? right? And that's going, those are going to no longer get security updates after January 2021. And it is a long time away, given that Windows 10 Mobile, as of this week, is no longer supported. By the way, as of today, I think today's yeah. the day. Yesterday. Okay. I'll December 10th. No. <laughs> December 10th. It's Tuesday. Stockholm Syndrome. You just, you know what? You just don't want to think about Windows I'm just Mobile. Gonna, I'm just I gonna, know. just going to interject incorrect information <laughs> as we go. You're just going to throw facts, factoids. It's in the into book the... of Revelations. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, but you're right. It's weird that they're going to continue to support these apps on Windows phones, given that Windows phone is no longer supported with security updates as of yesterday. Right, but Does you. But if you to do with a pre-stated application lifecycle, something, something. Maybe is so. This, right, could be, could be. So those, those mobile apps are no longer going to get security updates after January twelfth, twenty twenty-one, on your phone, on Windows Phone. But here's the confusing thing: some people use these same apps on Windows tablets, on the Hololens, and on Surface Hub. Right. Because they're free. Right, they can download them if you have a tablet 10.1 inches or smaller. You can actually download these apps today, Windows a Windows tablet, and it's free. Mm. Right. So they what make they're them kind doing, of hard to find, by the way, they <laughs> are know? very hard to find. Um, yes, but they're they out are. there. Yeah, they are out there. They are. But I went back to Microsoft and I said, so what happens to the people using these Office mobile apps for Windows on tablets, Hololens, and and uh, Surface Hub? They are yeah. going to continue to support them on those three platforms after 2021. They won't say when the end of support is on those platforms, but if you are using them there, you're still going to get security updates for those apps. Only to if you're using clear, a, a Windows Mobile, you are not. That's what support means in this context, right? We're not getting new it features. Does. They're not going to add stuff right. to them. They're just going to yeah. they'll make them available to you if you want to download yep. them, and they will, like you said, fix security problems yep, as that's they it. come up. Yeah. It's very confusing because it so it depends on where you're using those, uh, whether or not you're going to get security updates longer. Right. Yeah. Right. How big a market is this now? I mean, I know really. who's using these things, right? Goinkle, <laughs> Besides Goinkle, Windows Phone people. Goinkle in our chat room says, "My wife still uses a Windows Phone. She loves the simple, clean interface." Yep. I mean, <laughs> okay. I could see loving Windows Phone. I just feel like. <laughs> Oh, I man. know. You know you're it's not probably gonna... the most secure phone on the planet, Leo. And no one is going it. after it. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's a good point. No, people people are still using it. There were tons of tributes this week to, by people who still it's... have Windows Phone. Still love them. Oh, boy. Um, yep, I know. Was They're out the there. Was it the or something? What was why come up? Yeah, it came up because December 10th, yesterday, is the last day you get a security update if you're using Windows Phone. Wow, they kept it up to date that long? They did. Yeah. If you're running ago. the latest version, if, was, if you're think, running, if you're running the latest version of Windows 10 Mobile, I should say. When did they yeah. kill it? Yeah. When did Four they actually? Four years ago, five years. I mean, it's been, yeah. I mean, Google. I mean, Google doesn't yeah. update Android phones after two years. It's amazing. I know. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, well, Microsoft's old school. Good yeah. for Microsoft. Yeah. Yep. I mean, don't worry. They made it useless to use like four years ago. But I. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know a lot of apps stopped existing for Windows yeah. Phone. Like, it was the, when yeah. the, to me the banking apps abandoned it. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, that's gonna that's yeah. gonna that's be the other one. Yeah, yeah. I looked up when I turned in my Windows Phone. It was 2016. Oh um, wow, that's a long time. Yeah, but I used years. it for a long time. Yeah, great phone. I bet you still yeah. miss it. Honestly, 
Kind of sometimes, but now I'm very used to Android, so I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in on Android. I think the, the the big thing for me was that the Nokia phone, starting with the 1020, had superior cameras, and those were those were just so fantastic that that became kind of a focus on mobile for me. And so today, mm -hmm. um, obviously, the, all the Google phones, going back to the Nexus 6P, the um, and the new iPhones, you know, all of a sudden there are these camera systems now that are vastly superior to what we had on. Uh, They're amazing on the Lumia. So, yeah, but do you still kinda, use the, kinda, forbidden the forbidden phone? <laughs> the forbidden phone, the Huawei. Huawei. Oh, that's still got the best <laughs> camera. Leo. It does. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, it, and they keep getting better. Wow. Yeah, and from what China tells me, they really like my photos. So, <laughs> oh man, I love them. <laughs> you know, the nice thing is you don't have to upload them. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. It's frictionless. Automatic. Just don't take any pictures of <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. I'm just saying. I'm just warning you. I, they're doing something. Listen, you mentioned AI in China. I mean, uh, they're clearly doing something right. And that's what computational photography requires is incredible uh, depth in AI and, and machine learning. And Google has it. Um, Apple has it, which is incredible. I'm really surprised how good that stuff is. And Huawei obviously has it. I mean, it's that's... That stuff is just next level craziness. It's really amazing. Yeah, it would be a mistake to assume that the Chinese don't have great technology they developed. That's not all our technology. Well, you know what, though? I, I look at I, I, Huawei's path in uh, smartphones to me is very familiar and very similar to what Samsung did, which is you uh, steal and copy a lot in the beginning, and then you start to innovate in other areas. And Samsung yeah, exactly. absolutely did that yeah. to Apple. yeah. Um, and Huawei did that to Samsung, you know, and and now they're just ahead in certain areas. They just are. And it's not because they've taken it from anywhere. It's because they developed it themselves, you know. Mm. It's real. It's uh, fascinating. It's a fascinating yeah. development. And by the way, speaking of taking technology from Germany, <laughs> okay. right. this is Paul's, Paul's weekly Wunderblust update. Yeah. 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 So Microsoft bought Wunderlist. Six, call it. Wonder, six uh, Wunderkinder. The Wunderkinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Based in Berlin. Yeah, um, yeah. And they didn't announce this immediately, but eventually what they decided to do was create something called Microsoft To Do, and they were going to get rid of Wunderlist. But of course, it's been years now, and people have been wondering. And also people had been complaining. Uh, early on, especially, there were periods of time where nothing really happened with Microsoft To Do. And then more recently... We still had holdouts who were saying, look, this new app still doesn't do everything the other one did, and that's why we're not moving. And so this past year, they, they released a big update of Microsoft to do that actually makes it look like Wonderlist, if that's what you like. Adds a bunch of those features. And this past week, they announced that they're finally going to shut down uh, Wonderlist, both the app and the, the back-end service. And when is that happening? Let me just find the date. Auf, auf Wiedersehen, Wunderlist. Oh, it's May 6th, 2020. No, no. We both Sorry heard about, about it, I think. May 6, 2020 is when it shuts down. I clicked so, the link in your face six, up, and I'm like, why am I talking? <laughs> no, oh, you are the Wunderlist advocate. You are. Neither of us use it, though, right? You don't use. Yeah, no, I would use this. No, it's... Um, <laughs> you don't use to-do. You use to-do? No. You don't use to-do no, either, right? No. no, no, that's what I mean. And and it's not because yeah. there's anything wrong with it. I, honestly, what this team has done is incredible. I, I, I think what they've done is great. It's just that the way I work... I do yeah. my to-do type stuff in calendar, and I think some Me other too. people do as well. It's just a, yeah, you know, it's just a personal. You know, it's yeah. funny because I've been through every expensive 
to-do program in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I you know, I've signed up for Remember the Milk. Remember that? Yep, absolutely. Still around, <laughs> Australian sure. company of, you know, Wunderlist, Things, millions yep. of these, uh, even the very expensive uh, for iOS uh, Omni, sure. OmniFocus, I think it's called. But uh, I ended up, and the only drawback is it doesn't work on Android with Apple's Reminders app because it does integrate into the calendar. Mm-hmm. And it's just a natural way to, you know, put to-dos. Plus, it integrates with the phone and the Siri. And you, I just, yep. I wish it were cross-platform. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did get an email from Todoist. Who, Todoist is uh, quite yeah. good. It's quite good. Yeah, and that's it. another one where, you know, super set of what was available in Wonderlist. But um, a lot of the stuff that people liked about Wonderlist is available there. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of experience with that stuff. Yeah. I, I my only real need is just to have a list of things that I agreed to do because I because yeah. I'll say all the time oh yeah yeah, yeah I'll get right there and I forget yeah. and I need a well, very I, easy I mean, way just to put that somewhere where I can you know be reminded that's right yep. to me that's just cal- like for example uh, last week I promised my sister I was going to call her over the weekend now I'm going to forget that because I right. can't stand my sister right so I. <laughs> I just put a thing in calendar, call you know, call Cheryl or whatever on one o'clock on Sunday. Because if I didn't do that, I would have forgotten. Not because promise. Many of my to dos don't have a date or time associated. Yeah. However, yeah. if in a good to do program you put a date and time on a to do, it will automatically show yes. up in your. And calendar. by the way, I think Microsoft mm-hmm. to do probably does do probably that does with that. Outlook Calendar. Yeah. I just yeah. you know again, like I said, I just don't. I just don't yeah. use it. Yeah. To me, that would just be another thing to install, another thing to maintain another thing to look at and worry about wasn't cortana gonna do that they always show things like call your sister yeah yeah, yeah. they have Usually it still i still see i still see those reminders show oh, up yeah. in my email yeah i thought she would wake up and say it hi oh. paul remember you hate your sister but it is time yeah. to call her <laughs> call your stupid sister <laughs> get it over with <laughs> it's my sister's be birthday today Just i'm calling her I'm calling her. I got to put that in my reminder list. Call you better. Eva. Yep. It's Christmas time. See, I mean birthday time. Yeah, she has the unfortunate downside of having her birthday so close to Christmas. Yeah, like you, Mary Jo, right? No, mine's November fifteenth, so I have a little time. Okay, and mine's the 29th. Yeah, yeah I feel like yeah. we're at least we're in a different month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daughter is at the end of November, and her son, you know, you get the possibility that her birthday falls on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, me too. Oh wow. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, that happens to me too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not good. Not good. Uh, the new slide. So obviously, Thanksgiving takes precedent over the kids' birthday, and we just oh. don't celebrate it that yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this like year, <laughs> honey, you're getting a turkey for your birthday yeah. cake. It's right. Oh, you're a vegetarian? Well, that's too bad. Uh, oh, you get stuff. pumpkin. I'll oh, put a candle on the turkey. It'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll look good. Thanksgiving is uh, not friendly to the vegetarians. No, it it's is. Good. You just have to well, think I mean, ahead. Thanksgiving. I mean, Actually, you know, the side dishes are good. They you are. got your sweet potatoes, you got your mashed potatoes, you got your fried potatoes. You oh, got I know, your... but like the normal gravy has meat stock in it. Oh, you can't use the gravy. Um, no. The stuffing will have meat. You can't know, use the, the gravy. Stuffing. I know that's what I'm saying. Like can't that's the, the turkey. Yeah, that's the cranberry perfect. sauce is very good. Yeah, you're gonna uh, shuck that thing right out of the beans, can. Green beans. You make those in uh, in oil, olive oil instead of butter. Yeah, uh, you can do it. We, it's uh, totally we, possible. Yeah, it's the side dishes. That's what's gonna yeah. make it. Do you do a tofurkey? 
No. no. This year, well, this That's year disgusting. I did stuffed lobster tails. Oh, right. oh, because oh, you're, well, you're a pescatarian. So that, oh, right. Right. that makes a lot easier. That makes a lot. <laughs> I usually make something with mushrooms. Oh, yeah, mushrooms, um, Duke Cell. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. lots of things you can do. Yeah. Besides having a turkey birthday cake. <laughs> the new Slack design. I don't know why this is indented with a dash. The new yeah, <laughs> that's in the wrong place. The new Slack uh-huh. design looks a little familiar. That's in the wrong. It looks so. I don't know if you've seen this. It looks like Microsoft Teams. Oh no! Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. Oh. Well, now that Teams is on uh, Linux, I might. Uh, Linux. I don't know. I'm a little more interested now. I have never seen anything more delusional than Slack's reaction to Teams. I I just I find it disingenuous. Yeah. You know. And as the gap kind of grows, it just get it's not funny, it's it's sad. Um, not because there's anything wrong. I don't really have an opinion on Slack, the company or the product. It's just like I, I, I've seen, I saw Microsoft do this with Apple. Remember when Apple was uh, becoming really prominent, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they wouldn't remember they wouldn't even name them. They yeah. wouldn't even say Apple or write Apple. Right. They would just kind of talk around it. <laughs> it was like, guys, just I don't, this reminds me of that. Like, I, it's just, it's weird. It's like, oh, Microsoft Teams is terrible. Oh, here's a new version of Slack. It looks just like Teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we use Slack here at the office, and we're quite fond of it. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's fine. I, I, you know, like I said, if it, if, <laughs> if Teams does all the integrations, Slack does. That's that's that was the that was right. the sticking point. Uh, and finally, sticky. Speaking of sticking points, sticky notes is coming <laughs> to the web. Yeah, because you know sticky notes. Because <laughs> Microsoft people has love to have those. They do. Two hundred different ways to take notes. Yeah. Here's another one. Yeah. Yep. So it's weird though because sticky notes is not coming to stickynotes.com or onenote.com or whatever. It's coming to Outlook for the web for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get They're it. They're trying to let sticky lo- notes be everywhere you are. <laughs> like on the refrigerator or yeah. Yeah. the bed stand yeah. or something. I don't know. It's weird. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I think we should talk about Xbox. Don't you? <laughs> Finally. Finally. This is how I'm going to wash that Linuxy taste out of my Ew. mouth. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> out of here. What's Whew. new with Xbox, Mister Therat? Isn't new, Leo. Well, the big news is, two years ago, Microsoft wanted to bring Minecraft crossplay to every platform that supported the new Minecraft, and they did, except for one, Sony PlayStation Four, because Sony would not allow them to. I don't know if you remember the conversations that went back and forth on this one, but it was unbelievable and sony basically said look you know we take the trust of our user base very strongly we're we don't trust microsoft to deliver the safe experience that we expect like it was like what like what are you talking about it was crazy but clouds have parted um and this week that microsoft was able to enable crossplay on ps4 so i think the platforms are probably playstation uh xbox one switch pc and probably some others i'm missing but um, you can now use Minecraft crossplay like God intended on every platform. So that's good. And um, Microsoft also brought uh, four new games to Project X Cloud this past week. I don't recognize any of these <laughs> these games. It's like 
three of them um, are just like children of Morta, dead by daylight and fishing sim. (laughs) Like what? Um, He's like, okay, whatever. Anyway, uh, there were over 50 games on Project X Cloud. I think that's the number that matters. Um, Are you on X Cloud yet? Because people are starting to get invitations, right? Yeah. So the problem for me with X Cloud is that right now it's only supported on Android and on phone. And so, um, like in that picture you're looking at, there's a game clip. I do have one of those game clip things for my controller, so you can clip a phone to it and you know and it works it works great but the problem is these are xbox one games basically but shrunk down to a really small screen and a lot of the ui elements are really small so like in-game text of any kind like captioning or um you know the little uh, controls for like a shooter whatever it's I, i just find it really hard to see so you get a picture of me like crouched over my controller and my screen with my uh you know cheater glasses on trying to see this thing it's just not ideal well, um, but eventually it'll, it'll be on PCs too, right? Or I mean, it's going to come to every screen. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be able to play it on an iPad. So why are or they only betaing it on phones? I think they're just doing it slowly over time. You know, they're just kind of building it up. So obviously the audience is kind of small, but that's growing over time. I think the platforms they support will grow over time. It's just, yeah, it's early days. It's still, it's still beta testing it. All right. All right. Yeah. It does seem like a yeah. disadvantage to have such a tiny screen. Well, I mean, so, look, I'm not I'm not 21, so if I was, this would right. probably be no Maybe problem. That's and the problem. You're, just, you're commuting you're just on a, a train or a bus or something. This would yeah. be awesome. I'd love yeah. to be able to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, when you reach middle age, you, it's like you know you can't read anymore. You, you're <laughs> all of a sudden it's like what's what going on? I can't. See the book. Come, come here, can you read this for me? What is this? Yeah. Is it yeah. dim it in here everybody. or is it my eyes? Yeah. So I, I'm just I, I passed that point. I can't. I, I, between I, I wear so there's nothing sadder than you know you have contacts in but you also have to wear glasses <laughs> on top and, of them that's really yeah. sad and it's like you still can't see it and, yeah, and you're yeah. you're in a you're in a restaurant in the dark you're trying to read a menu and everyone's got their phones out with their you know light of a thousand sun backlight going trying to <laughs> just trying to read something because the text for some reason is like one point I don't know that's what it's like to be me. <laughs> Anyway, um, in other Xbox news, uh, <laughs> Microsoft has released what I think is the second quarterly update to Gears 5 called Operation 2. It's basically a massive multiplayer update, bunch of maps, new game modes, which is really cool, um, new characters, etc. It's free. That's one of the things Microsoft does really well. So like Sea of Thieves users know this. Uh, Gears 4 users experience this before now Gears 5 as well. Like They do a really nice job of supporting the game and just delivering a ton of free content. So that, what time is it? It might be right now. I think it's, it's, I think it's either right now or soon after now is uh, just publicly available and, and everyone can get it. So that's pretty cool. And then maybe the biggest news, oh, crossplay is pretty big, but as far as Xbox specific or window or uh, what we call it, Xbox specific, um, last week, Microsoft released the first PC-based Halo games since that version for Windows Vista forever ago, Halo Reach. And it's off to a big start. So they had over 3 million people playing it across Xbox One and PC last week, which is really cool. And are there any other details about that? I think that's pretty much the majority of it. I can't find links. Uh, yeah, number, it was the number one top-selling game on Steam during launch week, uh, the highest-ranking debut Debut, debut for an Xbox Game Studios. <laughs> I believe it's Steam. pronounced a but. Yeah, the but. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a writer, not a speaker. Um, and then it was also the number one uh, most watched game on Twitch 
during launch day. So that's cool. That's it's it's. Do I think you, it came out great. You're I'm a Call of really Duty looking, guy, though. Do you do you? Uh... Call of Duty is what killed Halo for me. So before there was Call of Duty, there was Halo. And the original Halo, which I played through easily 10 times, the single-player experience. Halo 2, I lived in that game for over a year. Halo 3, same thing. I, I, I played that game multiple times on console. Uh, played multiplayer all the time. Uh, Halo 3 ODST. But by that time, the Call of Duty games were getting really good. And, and the, the guys I used to play, we used to get together and play these games. I finally convinced them to switch over to Call of Duty and we kind of never really looked back. Um, but cool. yeah, it's kind of cool to go back and look at this because I, I never played Halo Reach on, I guess it would have been the 360, I think, when I first came out. Um, I hope I'm right about that, but whatever the platform was. Um, so it was actually one of the latter games, but in the time frame of the, like the in the in, uh, the fantasy time frame of the games, this is actually the first title like, um, you know, in the end game time frame or whatever. So they're doing this one first, but they're going to release the rest of the games over time as Clearly well. Clearly a big um, nostalgia play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so People much like that. those games. It's great. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's neat. Like it's, um, I'm definitely going to play through all these games as they come out. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about this. You did miss the most important uh, game debut on Xbox, Paul, but maybe oh. you're just not a gamer. No, I, I know what about, it is. I know, I know what you're saying. What? You're talking about the Goose Game. The, Untitled uh, Goose Game. Yeah. Honk! <laughs> so, as I Is that a real game? Brand, I saw oh, somebody it's an headlines. it's awesome game. It's a real game. So for people okay. who don't understand this game, um, geese are the dicks of the bird world. <laughs> and, um, Honk! In this game, you are just a, a jerk of a goose, and you walk around <laughs> making noise and get in people's faces. And, <laughs> Honk! <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't I couldn't figure out the deal here. So the game is launching on Xbox One and PlayStation Four next week. On PlayStation Four, it's going to be twenty bucks, but it's fifteen during the launch time frame, so you can get it for five dollars off. On Xbox One, they're not doing that. They haven't announced the price. But I thought it was on um, Game Pass. Oh, it will be on Game Pass too. But if oh, you want okay. to buy it, right? Okay. So um, it's a cheap game in real life. Yeah, so it's going to be on sale, but it won't be on sale for like two more weeks or something. Wow. So hmm. I don't know. I didn't. I never got the details on the Xbox pricing, but uh, yeah, my you're issue right. is I've already bought it on Steam. I don't want to keep. Or I'm sorry, it's not Steam. It's Epic or something. It's the other yeah. other one. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, I, so I don't want to buy it again. But I do want to play it on my Xbox. <laughs> the, the, this is an aside because you mentioned it. The Epic Game Store is one of the greatest deals in the history of gaming. Like it's incredible. And it hurts me to say that because I think Eric Sweeney is an insane person. Like, he's insane. And literally this this week, literally, he called out Sony because they wouldn't give him a better deal on the right. his game on their store. Right. And he said that what they were doing was illegal. Well, they're <laughs> taking, like, Apple a 30% VIG. Yeah, right. But I don't know if it's illegal. He's crazy. Uh, especially on Android, you might argue, and people have. In fact, I think it's going to the Supreme Court that yeah. Apple has a monopoly in the game store. But right. on on Google, they, you can do what Tim did, which is have a sideload, right. a Fortnite sideload, and uh, well, then you don't have to that guy's nuts. Money. But his game store is great. So if you if you're a PC gamer at all, you really need to take a look at it. And they they I think they have a new free game. Is it every week or every two weeks or something? They, there's always something free there. And you have it free for life if you get it. You know? The only thing I don't like about it is, uh, and I guess I could turn this off, I get a lot of pop-ups from it, a lot of uh, 
you know, hey, pop-ups from Epic Game Store. Hey. Oh, from the app. Yeah. It's hey. probably probably, it's probably an electronic app, Like by the way. Steam, it's running in the background all the time, which yeah. I really yeah, hate. Yeah. Yep. I really hate that. So. Okay. 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 That's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's take a little, I wonder how you little music break. <laughs> oh boy! The open source version. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our show today brought to you by the ringing in my ears, Ring Central, our fine phone system. Uh, I I am a fan of Ring Central. We started using Ring Central when we moved to the brick house studios which is eight years ago and i found out i had to have a phone system because i was making everybody use their own phones and they said you know if you're a business you really ought to have a business phone system i said i don't want to call at&t i don't want to you can't make me so that uh, russell saved my life our it guy said i install ring central for all my clients you're going to love it he was right we did ring central is now in those eight years has become the number one global cloud phone system and it does so much they really it's about don't think of it as a phone system. Think of it as a communication system, effortless communications for business. It's great for when you're on the go. You can work remotely and use your phone, your smartphone, as your Ring Central business line. So calls coming from your smartphone using Ring Central will have your business 800 number as the identifier if you want. Plus, as you get to work and you want to switch from your phone to your desktop, it does it seamlessly. The call doesn't go away. No one will know. You can route calls very easily. They have built-in video conferencing. They have built-in team messaging. They have online faxing. I don't want to have a fax machine. I haven't had a fax machine in a decade thanks to Ring Central. With Ring Central, I could just email it and it's a fax. Integrate it with all your favorite apps too. We use Gmail. We're a G Suite company. Works great. Zapier, you know I love them. Works great. Salesforce, we use that. Works great. Microsoft Outlook. You can retrieve voicemail uh, both by listening, but it's a, there's a transcription feature. So you don't, you know, you can, if you're in a meeting, you can just look down at your phone and see what that important call was about. Oh, I love this too. You can send business SMSs from your personal phone. See, <clears throat> a lot of times we want to use our smartphone for businesses stuff, but the problem is your personal number shows up, not with Ring Central. Your business line is the originator. You don't even have to transfer your contacts into the app because it automatically knows. It populates them for you. You can, and when we did this, when we got the new phone system, we already had a very nice 800 number for Twit. Just ported it over. You can port your existing number right over to Ring Central. It'll be transparent to your clients, but you'll know you're getting the complete communication system. All from one vendor. Starts as low as nineteen ninety nine, which means you're going to cut your phone costs in many cases by by thirty percent or more. Great customer service, wonderful people, twenty four seven by phone, by live chat, and by email. And when you sign up today, instant access to Ring Central's award winning powerful phone system with text, fax, video conferencing, and more. Ring Central they make it easy to switch from your current provider. Take advantage of their special holiday bundle offer. Just for you, because you're watching Windows Weekly, you don't pay till 2020 when you go to ringcentral.com slash windows. R-I-N-G, ringcentral.com slash windows. Time for the B of the B, the back of the book. <laughs> B of the B. B of the B. Yep. And, uh, so the something of, course, of the beast. My pick this <laughs> week is yep. the free 
Peter Frampton song we all get. I want you, Paul Thorat, to show me the way. I wonder how you. I love this song. <laughs> I love it. There's ringing in my ears. That's tonight's. And no one. It's tonight's. It's <laughs> <laughs> ringing in my ears since I went to a Frampton concert in 1977. <laughs> you know, there is a connection, a Frampton connection to a Twit because. The host of Ham Nation, Bob Heil, who is, of course, a legendary ham, was also a rock and roll sound man. He designed, Peter Frampton's wife came to him and said, I want to give, I want to give pizza something really special for Christmas. And Bob said, what about this? He designed and built the mouth thing that that made Frampton Comes Alive, the the greatest hit of the decade. Interesting. That's a Bob, uh, Bob Heil invention. And of course, uh, many hmm. others have used it since. Yeah, is that the the did Bon Jovi use that? Is that the wah, yeah. wah? Yeah, and you know who else used yeah. it is Joe Walsh. He was really yeah. Bob Heil says the best, the one who used it the best was Walsh. Walsh became a uh, a, a master of the whatever well, they you know, call that. You know, you've just triggered a really old memory of mine. Like way back when, probably in the first year or two, I was on the network. I did an episode of Twit. That had a, a musician from the '60s, Roger McGuinn. Yes, thank you. Was, is, <laughs> I have. Uh, we have been very fortunate. There are in the world uh, geeks. Yeah, Joe Walsh was, is one. Were musicians ham, who yeah. are also musicians. It's mm-hmm. actually not uncommon. Roger McGuinn is. Roger McGuinn. Roger McGuinn is an amazing like tinkerer and geek, and he Wait, was a he big fan. In Florida or he somewhere. lives in Florida now. Yeah. Florida, yeah. Mm-hmm. But man, I, he was so important to the folk rock revolution. Yeah. I mean, really, Dylan, uh, that whole uh, uh, right. valley revolution there with the birds, and I mean, it was amazing. He really is incredible. So, uh, yeah, I remember him being great. Oh, I, I love Roger, and I haven't talked yeah. to him in ages. And we, we it's time to get him back on. Yeah, you were on with him. That's right, mm-hmm. long time ago. Yeah. He had a thirteen string. Somebody's saying he had a twelve string. He actually oh, had, a, he had a, he, it's one right. better. <laughs> he didn't do the two guitar arm thing. He did. He, he just did, set them all up. The thirteen. No, he didn't do that. The thirteenth string, I think, was a drone or something. I think it was, he invented it. I didn't memory of that. Anyway, it is the back of the book, which yes. is it's time for your yes. tip yes. of the week, and it's actually very apropos our earlier conversation. Yeah, this is kind of amazing. And this is actually, it's funny because this is good timing for me too. Um, So Microsoft last week posted their entire archives for MSDN, which dates back to 2000, and TechNet uh, to the web. And if you go to that page, um, and what is that page? Let's find out what is the URL for that. Uh, Docs.microsoft.com slash archive. Uh, Oh, they got rid of one of them. That's interesting. They told me one was there uh, a little early. Anyway, MSDN Magazine's there, the MSDN Newsletter, and then the tech uh, net newsletter, wow. right? Memories. The tech net newsletter. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I just um, I, I I was I'm writing a series about the history of Windows programming. So this is amazing because literally this is where I I broke off that series is at the year 2000. So this is going to be a helpful um, resource for me. And then of course a lot of the early stuff that uh, 2001 2002 is when .NET came out. Uh, Windows forums, you know, the first version of uh, C sharp, and I'm writing this uh, notepad app in Windows Forms. And so actually there's some helpful information nice. in there uh, nice. for me for that as well. So uh, this is an incredible historical or historic, I've never understood the difference between those two terms, um, uh, resource. It's amazing. I'm so glad they did this. Really, really cool. 
And then uh, slightly more self-serving or self-damaging, I suppose. Um, we had a promotion this past couple of weeks uh, on Throp Premium where anyone who is a premium member through, I think it's the end of January, uh, will get a free copy of the Windows 10 Field Guide. And I decided that since I'm giving this away to people, maybe I should support it for a little bit longer. And I was looking at 20H1 and I'm thinking, this isn't that big of an update um, so I will support that book, that current version of the book, through the end of 2020 for everybody, not just for premium users, but but for everybody. You know, my premium uh, subscription just lapsed. Damn it. Here we go. Got to re-up. <laughs> Got to re-up. Um, and then just also randomly, this is on the front page of Thrott.com, uh, through, the, I think it's the 16th, if you take our reader survey, uh, you have a chance to win a $250 Amazon.com gift card. That's open to everybody. I think I don't know if you have to have like a even like a basic account, which is free. I think you probably do, but um, and obviously it helps us determine the direction for the site in the next year. I'm kind of hoping they're going to vote me off the island, frankly, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's not going to happen, Paul. It's not going to happen. But if they do, you got a home here. I just say it. <laughs> just say it. Uh, yeah, someday I'll show up with like a, a stick with like that um, <laughs> a bindle thing in the bag. A hobo's bindle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll come off the tra I, the trains go right through Allentown. I rode really the rails here, man. I'm yeah. tired. I'm tired. I've always wanted to do that cross country Been living train on thing. Beans and beer. It's as comfortable oh. as I thought it was going to be. Um, okay, so <laughs> the beans, <laughs> living on beans. Yeah. Um, the latest version of Outlook on iOS. By the way, little pet peeve of mine: uh, Microsoft will often put updates into their mobile apps on Android or iOS, you know, and then they'll eventually catch up and do you know put it on the other platform. But it's Kind of this revolving series of features, like like some feature will be on Android only for a little while, and then it will be on you know, something else will be on iOS only. Anyway, so um, they just released an app update that includes an in-app kind of an integrated do not disturb mode for the app, and basically, uh, you know, I, I'm, I kind of wonder about this one because obviously both Android and iOS support do not disturb mode, and this is something. You know, like I turn this on, like if I'm at the gym or something and I'm, you know, my phone will beep and beep and if I'm like, all right, do not disturb, you know. Um, but anyway, they're doing it. it. This is obviously for email and calendar notifications. So you can um, basically pause them for some amount of time built into the app. Um, but I mentioned it's not for this feature, but be, but because at some point, I would say it was over the summer, um, I, I always experiment with email apps and things like that. I've, I've moved 100% to Outlook really? on mobile. Or email, wow. yeah. Wow. Yep. And for calendar too, actually. Yep. Yeah. So that's a big change. I used, uh, I used and really, I still like, but I, and, but I used and liked uh, Gmail and Google Calendar for many, many years. Right. And I just, something, I mean, Outlook is, I think it's fantastic. It's a great app. You live in the Vita Windows. <laughs> yeah, sort of. I'm doing it on an Android phone, but yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you don't have much choice on that. That's true. <clears throat> Mary Jo Foley, time for your Enterprise Pick of the Week. My Enterprise Pick has to do with Dynamics 365, which has, I would say, in this past year, lived up to its previous reputation as being one of the most confusing parts of Microsoft. I'm glad to see it continued this week when they announced on, in a blog post that they're going to be doing away with two of their HR apps that they introduced over the past couple of years called Talent Attract and talent on board. Uh, they're advising people instead to use LinkedIn's, um, what do they call it? LinkedIn Talent Hub instead. 
which is good because Microsoft hasn't done a lot of integration with LinkedIn and taken advantage of LinkedIn's properties and applications as much as I thought they might. Um, but the, the more interesting part of this to people who are Dynamics 365 users is surprise, Microsoft's coming out with a new app February 1st, 2020, so in two months, called Dynamics 365 Human Resources. We never heard about this app till now. This is taking some of the core uh, HR technologies from their talent applications that are being discontinued and also taking advantage of a couple products that I found out they bought from other companies through this blog post. They bought something from um, Forevision and Elevate HR, and they're taking all these capabilities, bundling them together and coming out with something that's going to be called Dynamics 365 Human Resources. So I wrote a blog post about this, trying to explain it best I could. And if you're a Dynamics customer who is using any of these HR apps, you should check out Microsoft's posts about this to see when these are going to be discontinued, their existing apps, and how they're advising you they will be transitioning you to the new HR apps. So word to the wise, go read your HR blog posts if you're a Dynamics user because a lot of things are changing. As they often do at the end of the year. As they do in Dynamics, yeah. <laughs> um, enterprise pick number two. Enterprise pick two is for Office 365 commercial customers who use Office 365 Advanced Threat Protection, ATP. Microsoft is adding a new capability called Campaign Views. This has nothing to do with like presidential campaigns. This is about phishing campaigns. And so in the past, if you used Office 365 ATP to try to decipher um, a phishing email, it just would show you a single email. This phishing uh, campaign views feature lets you get the full view of the entire phishing campaign um, that you can see through a dashboard. Our security reporter at ZDNet thinks it's amazing and is very impressed with it, Catalan. Um, he said it shows you when the campaign starts, the sending pattern, the timeline, how big the campaign was, how many users fell prey to it. You get all these capabilities right inside your dashboard so you can better figure out what's going on when you get these kind of massive phishing campaigns hitting your Office 365 customers. Right now, it is in public preview. So if you're a user who has rights to ATP, you might want to go check out the public preview. Very valuable. Very valuable. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to give us some beer? I do. This is so one first, Paul's going to hate. No, he might like Actually, it. I love he this might. company. Oh, you do? All right. <laughs> I'll yeah. take it back. So before I give the beer pick, I have to give a shout out to Hen House Brewing in Petaluma. Thank you. Because last week when I was in Petaluma, I went to Lagunitas, but I also got to go to Hen House. And if you're anywhere near Twit, you should go check out this brewery because they make all kinds of beers, all styles, and the people were so nice, and their beers were fantastic. Lagunitas has become so big, yeah, right, uh, and they're owned by Heineken. That right. I, I still love their beer, but I agree with you. Henhouse is more like what you'd expect with a small yeah. craft brewer. It's yeah, it's they were really, really good. Great. Yeah, they were which, good. What beer? Which one did you like? I, I love their them saisons. <laughs> I, really do. I had I had a flight of like six beers, yeah. um, and I tried their IPAs. I tried their saisons. I had a cardamom. A uh, coffee saison that yeah. was really delicious. Yeah, I they have, a, they make a lot of good stuff. Around town, they are rapidly becoming uh, the choice. In fact, are they? Nice. Yeah, I noticed the other day at my uh, my my the gym, 
They have Hen House on tap at the gym. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's uh, like, interesting. Uh, working out hard. Maybe I'm missing the point of the gym. <laughs> they, they literally have Hen House on tap. Do you have like a cycle that's under the seat at the bar <laughs> so you can work up the, the calories as you consume them? That sounds like Seattle. Seattle, they have coffee shops inside of dentist's office. It always struck me as a little strange. <laughs> You got to get your coffee. Yeah. Now, speaking of a, speaking of a spicy beer, what is your pick yes. this week? So my actual pick today is from McKellar Brewing, and they have a beer called the Chai Life. So, you know, we talk so much about coffee beers this time of year, but the Chai Life is what it sounds like. It's a beer that's brewed with all the chai spices. It's a brown ale. Then they use cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, cardamom, clove, and ginger. So it tastes a lot like chai tea, if you like chai tea. Mm. Um, yeah, pretty interesting beer. Um, it's brewed here by McKellar. So McKellar has breweries all over the world. Um, McKellar Brewing NYC is credited with the chai life. And um, it's it's not a light beer. It's 8.1%. But if you like brown ales and you want something kind of in the spirit of the holiday, I would say you might want to try it and seek it out. Cool. The Chai Life. McKellar Brewing, New York City. A nice chai cup of chai brown ale. Yeah. Wow. It looks like the band is bathing in it in the label. Is that the <laughs> <laughs> As as one would do with a beer, I so guess. So good you'll want to take a bath in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> bathing in a cup of chai that's the chai life it is and that concludes this thrilling gripping edition of windows <laughs> weekly ladies and gentlemen i thank you for joining us paul Thorat's at therot.com the wind field guide to windows 10 is of course at leanpub.com now's the time to get it enjoy it Let's give it for christmas wow sure <laughs> Uh, Mary Jo Foley's at allaboutmicrosoft.com. That's her ZDNet blog. And, of course, we do this show every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. That'd be 1800 UTC. If you stop by, you can listen live at twit.tv slash live or even watch. We have a live video or audio stream, twit.tv slash live. If you're doing that, then you might want to join us uh, in the chat room at irc.twit.tv. Always a great conversation uh, going on in there. After the fact... On-demand versions of the show, audio and video available at our website, twit.tv slash WW on YouTube, or subscribe. You just go to your favorite podcast app, subscribe to Windows Weekly, then you'll get it exactly the minute it's available. Ah, I think we have come to the uh, thrilling, gripping conclusion. Next week, though, we definitely want you to tune in. I'd tune in live, if I were you. Yeah. Because uh, our very (laughs) special guest... He sometimes says things we think maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> but we're happy he does. He's a little too honest. We he's love transparent. Him. The good kind. He's great. Chris Capicella, Microsoft's chief marketing officer. Did mm-hmm. I say cheap? I meant chief. Chief marketing officer. <laughs> chief marketing mm-hmm. officer. Don't make the mistake. Uh, will join us, and that'll be a very our, our annual year-ender, and it'll be so much fun. I can't wait. That's the December 18th issue of uh, Windows Weekly. So make sure yeah, you So like Thanksgiving that. came late and the end of our, the year for our show it's is coming like early. Over. Yeah. So yep. that yeah. will be the last show for 2019. Then there's the uh, Christmas show mm-hmm. and the New Year's show. 
which I suspect will be the same show repeated because we only <laughs> made one best of. I mean, it's the best. You don't want to really do a second best of. That just wouldn't be as good. So uh, best ofs the 25th and, and January 1st and then back with live uh, shows on January 8th. After CES, I will be... Mm. Actually, let me think about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to CES. When is CES? You're going to CES, yeah, huh? Yeah, I think it's January 4th through 8th. Are you getting punished yeah. for something? What, what? I'm punishing myself. <laughs> We're going to do something uh, different this time. We're going yeah. to do... A, it's, I'm calling it Ant and Leo's Excellent CES Adventure. The two of us nice. are going to go down there. <laughs> two guys, a camera phone, and uh, lots of... Uh, Lots of chai lattes, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll run the floor. But we're going to have wow. Stacey Higginbotham will be there doing IoT mm-hmm. with us. Uh, Sam Ebel Salmon will be doing the car stuff with us. Uh, Scott Wilkinson will be doing TV and home audio with us. And um, Dick DiBartolo, Mads Maddest writer in the Gizwiz, will do the basement of the sands, the junkie oh, man. booths. <laughs> and Ant and I will find our own stuff. Ant's, of course, a great photographer, so we're going to definitely harass Canon and Nikon and all the others. So there'll be a lot of, we, I think we're going to do, I don't know, 20, 30 pieces over the few days. We're going to be there all week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will not be here for that Windows Weekly, whatever day that is. Okay. Hmm. Let me just check. Um, it's you know probably going to be the 8th. No, I will be back. but Yeah, because right. we're not doing it the 1st. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess I'm gone the week of the 6th through the 10th. That must be it. So, uh, yeah, I'll miss mm-hmm. the 8th. And then I'll be back the following week. So Mike will be here doing the show with you. He does such a good job. A, a number of people think that I should uh, step down and let Micah take over. Wow. Well, wow. they like him because he's a Windows noob. And so yeah. they yeah. enjoy, you know, you're kind of help helping him. Hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you, you help me a lot, too. But uh, it, it helps us trying to explain things. Yeah, because I, he I, sees I find it, through it an rather eyes. interesting because he'll question something and then he's yeah. oh, right. You know, we're we're talking yeah. about this kind of right. very insular world that we know everything about, and that's it's not always obvious. To, that's yeah. the problem. Is we you know, yeah. This is we we've been doing this for years. Yeah, it's like when you use acronyms yeah. without explaining right. them, you just assume right. everyone knows what you're talking that's about. To, that's supposed to be my job, but I guess I'm just as bad as as you guys have. <laughs> Yeah, it's been here for well, a while. So, you've heard yeah. us talking about it for years. So yeah, yeah. you get those fresh that fresh eye. Uh, right. So Mike will be here on the eighth, and then I'll be back on the fifteenth. Have a uh, great week. We'll talk to you next week. Chris Capicella will join us on Windows Weekly. Bye bye, guys. 